Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates la rams fans fans of the nfl shield gamblers nfl gamblers fantasy football players everyone i might have missed far and wide welcome in to episode number 107 of the talking the line podcast and as always Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful Friday, August 20th, 2021. Now, I know you saw the title. I know you know we're talking LA Rams today. I know you know we got plenty of other banter and nonsense to get to in between. But before we do that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the talking the line podcast on if you are watching on youtube might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl crew content dropping but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit it there as well if you haven't already as we do release the audio of every episode after every live show is over Next item up on the docket, if you could find it in your heart, you got a couple extra seconds, be so kind and hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, hop in the live chat. If you are watching live, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make Talking the Line Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the crew's social content and additional content as well. So social platforms and additional content. I apologize. (laughs) So you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, NFL fans, LA Rams fans, I am your humble and far from perfect host, Colton, Colt 45 Soroka. Man enough to admit my mistakes here or there when I have them. And yeah, from once in a while, we'll fumble over some words, but uh, we'll still get the job done here. We got an absolutely loaded episode to bring you guys today. We are now officially 20 days away from the start of the NFL season. We will be cashing gridiron tickets before you know it, but we're still going to be bringing you the NFL special editions, getting prepared best we can. All that being said, I keep saying we, but you keep hearing me. So I got to bring in the second half of that aforementioned we, the co-host of the Talk in the Line podcast, a young man who is absolutely thrilled with where his White Sox currently sit, a young man who is absolutely enthralled 
with the news coming out of the Cheesehead Factory, that being Green Bay, Wisconsin, day by day. It seems to look better and better, and a Super Bowl run might just be on the horizon. Don't ask him about it, because you'll be sitting here listening for about two and a half hours. So without further ado, let's bring him on in. The man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I am doing fantastic. It is Friday. We're feeling good. The weather's nice outside here in the Windy City. The sunshine is shining on the inside. We've got a hell of a show cooked up today. I mentioned it's Friday. I've got my softball game tonight. Oh, some playoff softball. Oh, Trying to out. get myself into that watch right out. mindset, my man. Keep my 1,000 batting average intact. Might be, uh, you know, I missed a few games, but... Uh, Thousand batting average are through we, the regular season. Are we potentially seeing the return of Shohei Magnuson tonight? Yeah, no fucking kidding. Okay, absolutely. So taking the bump and uh, ripping at least three dingers tonight. You heard it here first on the Talking the Line pod. Of course, of course, <laughs> absolutely. Ten strikeouts. Well, hey, um, that'll, be, that'll be a feat. Hey, you also said beautiful weather here in the Windy City. At Not least too I think. bad. We haven't checked it was in a little, couple uh, hours, yeah, I guess. It was <laughs> like, we typically uh, keep things Just closed assuming. up here. Don't uh, one extra life flood in. But uh, nice uh, little bit of frogginess here this morning. Sure uh, you could cut that fog with a knife. But hey, nonetheless, you also mentioned we're bringing the sunshine inside. Always. It doesn't matter. You know the vibes that come when you tune into the Talk in the Line podcast. So don't worry. We got it covered. If it may be cloudy in your location, mm-hmm. not anymore, we got rays of sunshine coming through whatever device you are watching our smiling faces on this morning. All right. With all that being said, enough of this damn nonsense. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a loaded show. As always, we will have the four segments. We will go through the entire team, we will go through the schedule, the full betting preview, and then start, stash, or pass our best fantasy advice. Now, we did switch up the uh, kind of format a little bit yesterday, adding the two teams, and we're going to stick to some of those cuts. So it's going to look a little different. Um, The team breakdown, obviously, uh, I'll start things off. I'll start things off both times uh, with the key losses, and then, or I'll, uh, I actually, we'll flip that back around. I apologize. So we'll, we'll do it how we've been doing it. I'll do the key losses for offense. Key additions uh, will be mags on the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll flip that for the defense. But then I'll just run through uh, quickly the 2020 stats from last year, uh, go quickly through the lineup, and then give you my opinion as far as the 2020 outlook, kick it over to mags, and then we'll get right into the defense. That way we'll kind of skip some time through there because, you know, we just dish out enough of our opinions in all the other segments as well. So the schedule as well, we won't break it down week by week. We'll break down the schedule week by week when we do it as well in the betting preview. Uh, So we don't do it twice. That way you get not only the matchups, some of the rest, but also the game totals and the spreads that we're going to be seeing. So knock it all out, killing about five birds with one Mm -hmm. stone there. So we move that all there. We'll just give you our predictions for for the Rams season in their uh, schedule preview. Then we'll give you everything betting preview, uh, season win total, uh, additional value that we found, everything in between like we usually do, and then start slash pass is going to be exactly the same. So no changes there, but a few minor little tweaks and things here or there, but uh, we are going to be rocking right through it. So with All of that officially being said, it is time for today's team of the day to step up on the podium and get ready for their season preview. Enter the Los Angeles Rams. I, first things first, before we start here, need to get something off my chest. Okay. 
This is my favorite NFC team outside of my Chicago Bears. Okay. I have very high expectations and hopes for the Rams this season. Sure. And I will try my best to analyze as unbiasedly and as an NFL analyst as I can because I am extremely excited for this Rams season. Yeah. But I also think you can be excited from an NFL analyst standpoint or just an NFL sure. fan standpoint. Yeah, I don't think this team's damn good and their roster's solid. So I don't solid think you'll be too unbi- I don't think you'll be too uh, biased. So here. just a brief disclaimer, if I get a little too homery, mm. but they are my second <laughs> favorite team in the NF- NFC. That all being said, Let's kick things off. Let's First segment roll. of the day. Oh, 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 I don't, I am uh, oh, what? coffee-less at the moment. Coffee-less but, at the uh, moment, but I'm not. I pounded it earlier. If you guys are not, hey, cheers to you as well. You're looking beautiful out there on this beautiful Friday. Mm. Got a little, uh, and I, I'd That's say, a swig of joke. extra half hour of sleep last night, so uh, well, the one cup did me nicely, ah, well, as opposed see, to the one and a half, two that I usually go me, for. I'm just a four or five cup a day guy, regardless <laughs> of uh, if it's Sunday through Sunday, I'm go. just uh, rocking and rolling. So, back to the show, first segment of the day, the full team breakdown for these Los Angeles Rams. All right, my friends. We're getting into it. Uh, First things first, like I said, we'll talk about key uh, losses and additions, and then I'll run through all of the 2020 stats, talk about uh, the lineup, and then we'll give you our predictions. So key losses, offensive side of the ball for the Rams going into 2021. Obviously, some names to note, some names that you don't really need to worry about. Names to note, Jared Goff, quarterback, out of town, but we will talk about him, and I think that that is a very good thing that he is out of town, in my opinion. Blake Bortles, quarterback, he is also Dunzo, both uh, starting and backup QB out of town. Austin Blythe, big name you need to know about. We talked about him a few episodes back. Uh, Center is out of town as well. Mm -hmm. Gerald Everett goes and joins the Seahawks as a tight end, uh, opening the door wide for Tyler Higbee this year, who I also am extremely high on. Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, looked like he was primed to break out last year and just couldn't do it. Uh, They sent him to the Titans. I think he'll have some success in that offense. Offense, no doubt in my mind. And then Malcolm Brown, running back, they sent him to the Finns. And uh, after that Cam Akers injury here, I am sure they are wishing they would not have made that move. Right. But that does it for uh, all of the losses. Not too many. Uh, some big names, obviously, six in general. But as my partner will tell you, they were able to backfill those. And I think they have plenty of success with these names he's about to drop down. Sure. This uh, list isn't all too long. But as you mentioned, they are some key players nonetheless. Name that pops off to everyone. Don't have to go too deep into him. Matt Stafford got him in a trade with the Lions. Shipped Jared Goff on out. Stafford is going to be the quarterback week one. They also brought in a handful of receivers out of the free agent class and the draft class. Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver. He's going to be, if healthy, possibly a nice little factor here. But I say if healthy because that's the key factor. Last two seasons, he did not play even close to a full season. So we'll see how that goes for the Rams this year. And that about does it for free agency and trades. Out of the draft, they took three wide receivers throughout all seven rounds. Second round, wide receiver 2-2 Atwell out of Louisville. He could be a key factor possibly this year. If not, he should be down the road here for this next decade of Rams football. Fourth round, they picked up Jacob Harris out of UCF, also a receiver. Fifth round, they made a little bit of a switch, brought in Jake Funk. 
a running back out of Maryland. And then in the seventh round, Ben Scourinoke. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that one right, but he is out of Notre Dame. So I would say at least one of these guys might have some trouble making this roster. But nonetheless, they really invested into this offense in the draft, especially that wide receiver room partner. Yeah, I definitely say Ben Scourinoke uh, is somewhere right around in that ballpark. Okay. That's that's uh, that's a, a good. Good shot by it, no question at all. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they did make some uh, good additions. Uh, obviously, free agency and uh, wasn't the biggest additions, right. maybe by uh, quantity. Sure. But as far as quality, you obviously bring in Stafford, and then I think Deshaun could have some sort of an impact here. But you mentioned it, biggest X factor is going to be him staying healthy this Correct. year. That all being said, let me give you some key 2020 stats, and then I'll give you the 2021 starting or projected starting offensive lineup. Then we'll talk about some projections. As far as 2020 goes, I do think we see a lot of improvement uh, upon most of these numbers. Uh, a lot of these numbers were down because of the quarterback play of Jared Goff. His play only declined 2018, 2019, 2020. Right. It never improved it. It never stayed at a median. He... He was shipped out of town because Sean McVay did everything with him that he possibly could. Mm -hmm. Enter Matt Stafford. I think that these numbers improve. They averaged 5.5 yards per play last year. They rushed the ball at a 44.25% clip, passed on 55.75% of their plays. Across the board, 66.20%. We saw John Walford come in a few uh, plays, he uh, or a few games here or there. He actually played really well when he did. Uh, third down conversion was at 41.37%, so definitely think that improves this year. And then the red zone, they only scored at 57.81%. With that high-powered uh, McVay offense and some of the crazy things that he can do with pre-snap motion, play action, there should be no reason that they should be north of 60-65% right. in the red zone. As a matter of fact, because of Jared golf they were forced to run the ball 10 yards and in uh not even the full red zone 10 yards and in they could they couldn't even really get anything going on those quick quick slant routes so i think that improves massively here this year uh that's one of uh, matthew stafford's key things him sure. those uh no look passes are uh what he really succeeds in in right. the red zone but that all being said quickly through the lineup and then uh, we'll talk just a little projections here as far as the offensive line goes looks to be very solid this year Rob Havenstein on the right side Bobby Evans next to him right guard uh, Austin Corbett center coming in uh, David Edwards left guard opposite of him and then Andrew Whitworth you know the old man left tackle I believe he is uh, 38 now but still playing at an Something extremely like high level on the outside of them, sometimes the left, sometimes the right, sometimes blocking, sometimes catching passes. Tight end Tyler Higby. think he has a huge season this year. Gets Gerald Everett out of the mm -hmm. way. And if you did have him in 2020 in fantasy, he closed out the year beautifully. So I think he picks up right where he left off. And uh, we see a ton of production from him, especially with a quarterback that likes to target tight ends and sure. Matt Stafford. Wide receiver room, I think we see uptick in production from all of these guys if there was a mediocre fall off last year. Van Jefferson on the far outside. Uh, I was really high on him last year. Kind of got let down, but I think uh, he is definitely going to see some improvements here in year two. Cooper Cup, my man, out of the slot. <laughs> a little Cooper Cup. He right. is 
an absolute monster. He just needs to stay healthy. I think he will. Uh, had obviously a little bit of ACL injuries, stuff like that. But I, I think he'll be fine coming in here yeah, in me 2021. Too. And then Robert Woods uh, on the far outside. I also think he is going to be a dog this year. Uh, finally gets a guy who consistently put the ball on him on some of those deep passes yeah. where he rips the top off the defense. Last but not least, um, some of the depth uh, wide receivers, uh, as far as the wide receivers go, Deshaun Jackson, you talked about him, has to stay healthy. We've right. already said that multiple times. And then Tutu Atwell, everybody talks about him as being severely undersized coming out of Louisville, but I think he could make some serious impacts in the league. He is a speedster and a half, and I think a lot of people are overlooking him, but not Sean McVay. Right. Then there's some question marks as far as the running back room goes. Uh, obviously, Cam Akers gets hurt, tears his Achilles that opens the door for Daryl Henderson. Mm -hmm. Henderson had a really solid season last year. I think he has another solid season here. And then it's just really muddy outside of that. It could be Otis Anderson, Raymond Kalis, Jake Funk, or Xavier Jones that backs up Henderson. We don't really know right now. What I do know is Henderson should be very solid, and we'll talk about it in fantasy. I think he has some definite value there as well. Walford, uh, Walford backing up Stafford. Stafford coming in. I think Stafford is going to light it up this year. He has a beautiful offensive mind in Sean McVay. Kevin O'Connell being right there as well doesn't hurt. We'll talk about the full coaching staff shortly. Let me stop blabbing, man. You guys know all about the lineup. You know my thoughts. I'm extremely high on him, partner. How you feeling about the 2021 LA Rams? Yeah, I on can't. Offense? I can't say too many bad things about it. I'm interested to see what uh, some of these depth receivers do. I am very, very excited to see what Robert Robert Woods does. He's been really solid the last couple of years. I think, and obviously we'll talk about him later in fantasy. But I think he is the guy that is the prime candidate for a massive increase in target share, catches, uh, receiving yards, and he's going to look very, very solid at the end of the year uh, when it all shakes out as far as the top receivers in the league. You're a little higher than uh, than I am on Tyler Higby. I do like Tyler Higby. It sounds like you're a little bit higher than I am, but I do think he's going to have a solid year, especially without Gerald Everett there. And then as far as the uh, running back room goes, obviously uh, losing Cam Akers hurts, but I really, really think uh, Henderson is going to have a solid year. And, you know, this offense has kind of proved that they can make it work with just about anybody in that backfield. So even if anything happens to Henderson, knock on wood, I think they'll be all right. Obviously, it's not ideal. But like I said, Sean McVay has proved that even with Jared Goff uh, under center, that it doesn't really matter who's run, uh, at running back. They're going to figure out how to make him productive. Um, so obviously, we hope Henderson is all right because, like you said, the depth is a little concerning. But I think they'll be all right. And then uh, Atwell... I mentioned it at the top. I think I'm right in line with you. I'm not sure what we see from him this year, but I think the next few years we're going to really start to see him pop off and make an impact here. And then, uh, you know, this offensive line coming back again here. I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited to see what they do. Jared Goff was terrible under pressure. Uh, and Matt Stafford's just the total opposite of that. So even if this offensive line has any type of struggles, Matt Stafford should make up for it. So like I said, Robert Woods is the one guy that I think is going to be uh, the biggest uh, benefactor of Matt Stafford coming in here. So I've got nothing else bad to say uh, as far as the entire offense goes, my man. All right. Well, hey, I mean, I have said it. Um, I said it on the Lions episode. I've said it when we were only doing a newsletter, when we didn't even do a doggone podcast. Jared Goff gets this look in his eyes when he is totally confused. Yeah. He doesn't know what's happening, and he totally forgot to put on his football pants uh, for Sunday action. You can see it every single time, and unfortunately for Lions fans, I think we're going to see that a lot, and that 
face where he found himself was the demise for the Rams so many right. times last year. Now, they had a winning record. You, you definitely can write home about that. But at the same time, I think they can be – I know they can be so much better with – better than mediocre quarterback play. right and Matt and, Stafford brings that to the table right and we talked about it with the Lions we think the Lions are going to be absolutely terrible if you still kept these quarterbacks in the same situations the Lions would still be bad but we'd be talking about them in a much nicer light you know maybe a live dog here or there can snap off some teams because Stafford elevates his play and elevates that team now you switch the roles here this uh you know this offense has such a sky high ceiling compared to what they had the last yeah. couple of years it's not even funny man yeah absolutely and one final closing thought before I give you the rankings and we switch on over to the defensive side of the ball. You can tell me all the Matt Stafford stats you won, how he hasn't been good, how he hasn't uh, got any playoff wins, how he hasn't done this, hasn't done that. I don't really care. Every one of his head coaches have been a defensive mind. Now he has one of the right. dopest def offensive minds in the NFL and Sean McVay. Oh, by the way, mind you, is my coach of the year candidate. Okay. But We'll talk we'll about that, that in the betting preview. <laughs> yeah. uh, so for the rankings, these the, actually every unit uh, from the quarterbacks to the head coach, offense, defense, everything, every single unit, this is the only one per SFA to fall in the top 11 in every single category. Their quarterbacks rank number eight. Obviously, they are as high on Stafford as we are. No question there. Offensive line, 10th overall, worthy of that ranking. And I think they can break into the top eight, top seven in mm -hmm. the league for sure. And then the running back unit, 11th in the league. Now, obviously, with Cam Akers uh, going out, out for the season, that is going to tick that number back a little bit. I'd probably put him about 15th, yeah. 13th, 15th, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, but definitely with the opportunity to improve if we see something out of one of these guys that we really don't right. know too much sure. about uh, backing up Henderson. And then the receiver unit, dominant as all hell. Uh, ninth unit in the NFL right now, ninth ranked unit. I do believe that they can crack the top five. The biggest question mark is Van Jefferson mm -hmm. and then the guy who's going to be backing up be, basically be that fourth guy on the depth chart we don't know if it's going to be Deshaun if Atwell has success in his first year but I think the biggest thing here if they want to stay ranked better than 10th maybe even better than 9th Van Jefferson's going to have to sure. show out in his sophomore season for sure sure so that does it for the positional rankings courtesy of our friends over at Sharp Football Analysis uh, for the offensive side of the ball now Let's move right on over. Defensive side of the ball. Uh, partner, did you do the losses or the additions? Yeah, I've got the defensive losses here. Did the losses? Okay, perfect. I want I wanted to make sure. So uh, go right on ahead. Kick things off. Defensive side of the ball. Tell these kind folks and enlighten me as well. All righty. Uh, on the key losses for the Rams defense going into 2021. All righty. So obviously this defense has a lot of stars. They didn't lose any stars, but they did lose a few guys that uh, played some key roles for this Rams defense. John Johnson, the biggest name there. Safety played 16 games for the Rams, combined for 105 tackles in 2020. It's going to be a tough loss to fill. Um, they do have some guys on the roster that might be able to make up that slack, but that's a lot of tackles that they're going to have to make up for in that back uh, back half of that defense there. Michael Brockers on the uh, front side of the defense, interior defensive line, played 15 games. Morgan Fox, another interior defensive lineman, played 16 games. Samson Ibukam, edge rusher, played 16 games as well. Troy Hill, cornerback, played 16 games. So, you know, these names aren't household names, but they are guys that have some key roles or had some key roles the last couple of years on this defense. Let me know what uh, what they were able to do as far as filling these holes here, partner. They did a little bit. 
Nothing too crazy to write home about, but they did a little bit. Something I want to enlighten you about okay. before I do so. We got a little request to talk about the uh, Washington football team and Bengals game tonight, as well as mm. the Cardinals and Chiefs game tonight. I have made uh, a couple of plays already myself. I know you haven't hammered I'm anything at quite him. yet, I'm but at uh, we'll talk about that as promised. No, no, no doubt about it. We'll promise we'll talk about that. Uh, save it. We'll uh, we'll just get through everything Rams, and then we'll talk about it right away, uh, right before we get into your sidebar in the minutes. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right, so uh, as far as those key additions defensively for the Rams going into 2021, let me tell you about them. Glad you asked. Uh, they didn't add anybody via free agency or the trade market. It was just Stafford and uh, Jackson that they right. added, only two offensive guys. They weren't too particularly aggressive in the draft defensively. They got five guys overall. In my mind, I don't know how much of an immediate impact these guys make. They might be some good depth ads now, but we could potentially write this as off as not one of the best Rams uh, draft classes in, in their history. I don't want to say it's bad by any means, but I also think that they could have done a lot better. And you might look back in one, two, three, four years, and some of these guys are absolutely non-existent. Right. You don't even know their name. So... Why waste capital if it's like that? But let me tell you about him. Enough of my nonsense. Uh, they picked up Ernest Jones, linebacker out of South Carolina. Bobby Brown, the third defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Robert Rochelle, defensive back out of Central Arkansas. Ernest Brown, the fourth, not to be confused with Ernest Jones or Ernest Brown, the third, second, or first. Defensive end out of Northwestern. Hey, huh, our guy right just on over across the street here. And Chris Garrett, linebacker at a Concordia St. Paul. Shout out Concordia. Uh, huge, uh, huge pickup there for the young man. Obviously, I don't know what he'll do for the Rams, but that's absolutely huge coming from a small school like that. That's all they picked up. Five guys, um, obviously two uh, two off uh, defensive linemen and then the uh, one defensive back, and then you got your two linebackers. So got a little bit of depth, but let me tell you about this uh, 2020 defense because I'm pretty excited to watch them once again. But before I do... Let me tell you a little bit about the 2020 numbers, mm -hmm. because unlike the offense, I think these numbers are going to stay pretty doggone the same, if not improve a little bit with new D DC Raheem Morris stepping in. I love him. I loved him in uh, Atlanta, as a matter of fact, uh, as weird as that is to sound. That you know, is very weird. I, you know, <laughs> as, as you say that, uh, he was he was top notch in Atlanta. I thought um, obviously they blew uh, a lot of leads, but I, I think he's a very solid coach, more defensive minded and obviously very deserving of this DC spot. So they allowed opponents to, um, on average, either rushing or passing, they allowed them uh, 4.7 yards per play. Opponent completion percentage was at 62.36%. Opponents converted in the on third down at a 35.74% clip, and opponents converted in the red zone at a 59.62% clip. I think the red zone stays about the same. Uh, might improve just a little bit, maybe like 56 or 57, nothing crazy. I do think that third down conversion percentage stays right about there. I love them to keep it below uh, sub 40% on third down, opponent third down conversion. Um, but as far as this unit looks, I think it's going to be a lot of the same, my friends. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this 2021 defense. Defensive line, 
absolutely stacked. Terrell Lewis, only one and only. Aaron Donald, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Leonard Floyd rounding it out. Uh, the old Chicago Bear, Leonard Floyd, got picked up uh, one-year deal and then uh, signed an extension with the Rams. They obviously have enough faith in him. Even though he uh, wasn't the most dominant pass rusher, he still turned out 10 and a half sacks. So, hey, good for you, Leonard. Way to sign the deal. Behind them, rounding out the front seven, Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young, projected first starters. Obviously have a little extra depth behind them now. And then the secondary, one of the most dominant ones in the league. You know the name, Jalen Ramsey. On the uh, left side of him in the slot, David Long Jr. And then on the opposite side of those two gentlemen, Darius Williams. Then you got the deep safeties, the deep back guys, Taylor Rapp and Jordan Fuller. Uh, both of those guys should have pretty successful seasons here. I love this secondary, man. Uh, I think that they are going to absolutely dominate many of the quarterbacks that they face. They have a very tough schedule, but I think that the secondary is really going to help them with that schedule and not to mention this defensive line and the pressure that they can generate. I said it already. There is only one Aaron Donald, and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you triple team him, quadruple team him. Fuck, you can put all five linemen on Aaron Donald and he's still going to hit your quarterback. It right. doesn't matter. No. So I think they have plenty of success in that department as well. And like I said, I'm pretty confident in Raheem Morris to draw up some schemes, have some stuff in place that makes this Rams defense look absolutely terrific once again. There's my thoughts. What are you feeling for the 2021 Rams defense, partner? Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of what you're saying here. I think I could see it going back just a tiny bit. And that doesn't, I don't want it to sound like I'm talking shit about this defense because I think they are going to be one of, if not among the conversation of best defensive uh, units here. I'm just a little, I don't even want to say concerned, just those defensive losses that they had, uh, you know, John Johnson, some of these safeties, I'm not, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm concerned about them. I just think they lost a little bit of depth, lost a little bit of firepower. So I think they, their ceiling went down just a pinch in my eyes at the very least. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a really solid unit, man. You know, having said all that about the safeties, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, these guys are going to make... Havoc for every quarterback, so it's going to make those safeties look pretty damn solid regardless. So, kind of like I'm saying, I think their ceiling just went down just a tiny little pinch, uh, and they lost a tiny bit, a little bit of depth here. Um, I kind of, I'm a little less optimistic on Raheem Morris than you are. Like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit. You're just very, you're just very, I know, you're just very optimistic gotta, about him. You got to answer think, to Aaron Donald and all those fair. other That's scary fair. guys. I, like I said, defense. I don't want it to sound like I'm talking shit. I'm just pinch lower than you are on sure. him. <laughs> hey, no, I can totally understand that. I yeah. mean, with how good they've been, and yeah. especially in some of the luck statistics that are tracked right. uh, on some of the uh, stats that we utilize, they have been so doggone lucky over the course of the last five seasons, for crying sure. out loud. But I think it continues, and I think we see dominance both sides of the ball here. Yeah. Wrapping up the defense for you kind folks joining us on episode number 107. Uh, once again, well within the top 11, actually in the top five, yeah. this defense. Front seven, fifth-ranked unit in the NFL. More than deserving. I think they can get into the top three, if not number one overall. Secondary, fifth-ranked unit in the league per SFA. Again, I think that they can easily crack the top three here this year. And last but not least, their head coach, Sean McVay, comes in ranked as the fifth head coach in the NFL, and that is one hell of a segue to talk about this coaching staff. I told you just a little bit ago, and I'll tell you some more reasons why in the betting preview on some of the side bets, but I love Sean McVay for Coach of the Year. I think he finally has a quarterback that is going to make his offensive scheme look absolutely brilliant. No shade on Jared Goff. 
but it obviously just wasn't working out anymore, pal. And you were sent out of town for a reason. I would say that's shade. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of shade. I apologize. But, uh, you know, I, I believe Stafford definitely elevates that. And uh, McVay is going to use him to a T. Yep. A little bit of concerns with the running game. But I think that is, once again, going to be handled by McVay. No problem. Mm-hmm. He has helped by Kevin O'Connell coming back for his second year. Uh, we'll definitely like to see some improvements on the offensive side of the ball from him coordinating. And then uh, already talked about him, D.C. Raheem Morris. I, I'm pretty high on Raheem Morris. I liked all, what I saw from him out of Atlanta. Uh, obviously, the defensive-minded coach, they played rather well defensively from time to time once he took over after old uh, Dan Campbell. Uh, hit, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, I apologize. Dan Quinn hit the – I was going to say Dan Quinn and Campbell came out. Uh, Dan Quinn hit the old bricks. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Dan Quinn is now in uh, Dallas as their D.C., and Raheem Morris is here. So there you go. Um, that's kind of how I'm feeling. I think that they have another successful year, and I really think that Sean McVay shows out and gets these guys into a deep playoff run. No question. Yep. I can't echo too much else on that. I uh, am. Yeah, I think uh, this number five ranking for Sean McVay is going to be top three, if not one or two, come next year. And, hey, they might have uh, – this might be another scenario where Kevin O'Connell doesn't have to do too much, but because he's associated with Sean McVay, he's going to get himself another uh, – or a nice little coaching job next year because of how awesome this offense looks. Definitely a nice little prediction there, my <laughs> yeah. friend. Definitely a nice prediction. All right. Well, there it is. We talked about the offense, the defense, and the entire coaching staff. So if you missed any of it, sorry, we ain't going back now because that does it for the first segment, but it's going to be there all the way to and through the entire LA Rams season. However, time to keep this show, number 107, steaming down the tracks with the second segment of the day. We're diving into the schedule now, ladies and gentlemen, and we're breaking it all the way down, analyzing every bit of it. Uh, Once again, if you have been watching these and uh, you see me breaking them down week by week, we'll not be breaking them uh, down week by week on the schedule portion. We'll do that in the betting preview. That way we can just give you everything all at one shot. But that all being said, let's talk a little bit about our predictions for the LA Rams. All righty. Now, first things first, uh, one key thing to note, I do suppose, is that their bye week is in week 11, Mm -hmm. Uh, just so you are aware, uh, if you're kind of keeping tally of that or anything as a fantasy player, as an NFL better, uh, some teams to avoid on their bye week, stuff like that, week 11 for the Rams. But as far as their predicts, our predictions go, obviously they have the NFC West. You know that they got the six games in their division, their main eight non-division games against the AFC South and the NFC North. Then their three remaining outside of that, you know, three now, not just two this year. We got 17 full games. They got the Ravens, the Giants and the Bucks. We'll kick things off up at the top, as we always do. NFC West partner. I got to tell you what. I first looked at the matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and thought, yeah, that should be two dubs. No problem. And then I forgot that the 49ers swept the Rams last year. Mm-hmm. So I just think that defense knows a lot, I think, that about the Rams. I think that's going to be a very defensive game yeah. in both of them. And I think we see a split. So I'll go one and one there. I see one and one with the Seahawks too. Mm. They're always just so back and forth, but in my mind, they're going to need to get both. So uh, early in the season, week five is a pick 'em. We'll talk about it. Week 15, Seahawks again. 
I think both are going to mean a lot. So I'll say 2-0 against the Seahawks and then the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to have enough defensive firepower to keep up with this offense. It's going to be some shootouts, but the Rams will ultimately edge them out in both. So I'm going 5-1 and one for the Rams in the NFC West one way or another. Maybe not my prediction, but 5-1 and one in the NFC West. Okay. Uh, I will also say 5-1. and one. I am also giving them a split against the Niners. These teams, kind of like you mentioned, they just know each other so damn well. The coaching staff know each other so damn well. McVay and Shanahan are friends. This team, these matchups are always going to be tight. Both games should be very, very tight. I'm going to go with a nice clean sweep of both the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Rams took two out of three, including a playoff matchup against the Seahawks. Held that offense of the Seahawks to 20 points or less. The one game they lost, the Rams lost 20 to 9. So if they do that again, which I think they can, you're telling me this Rams offense just needs to find a way to put up 21 points. I'm going to take the Rams in that uh, in that case every sure. single time. So I will take a sweep there. And then I won't add too much on the Cardinals. You said exactly what I would have said. That defense should hold the Cardinals just enough, and that Cardinals defense doesn't have enough. So give me five and one pretty confidently, I would say here. All right, so same page in the yeah. division. Uh, hey, should we hug it out again? Maybe. Like, what the hell? All Maybe. right, here we go. <laughs> on the same page to start things off, let's go to the AFC South. I don't think they have any problem in the AFC South whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think the Colts matchup could be a little interesting. It is week two in Lucas Oil Stadium, so it could get a little tricky there. But I think ultimately, because they won't have Carson Wentz, that's what I'm banking on is they're not going to have yeah. Carson Wentz until week four, week five, I'd imagine. So I'm going to give them a clean sweep of the AFC South 4-0. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anything flub up can happen outside of that. Yeah, I'll give them a clean sweep 4-0 in the AFC South. Yeah, I will go right there with you as well. If it was in Tennessee for that game against the Titans, I might side with the Titans, but it That's is in L.A. And then, you know, again, once again, if that Colts game was later in the season, maybe. But I will go a clean sweep. I don't think they'll have any problems with the Jaguars, and I know they ain't going to have any problems in Houston. So give me 4-0 as well. All right, so same page again. On to the NFC North. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um... Week one against my Bears, if they start the Red Rifle, that's all but a fucking wrap. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a Rams yeah. winner, no question. Lions winner, uh, Vikes, I'll give them the win there too, for sure. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, thinking of my pick, the image that keeps forming in my head is Jalen Ramsey slamming his mm -hmm. hands and stomping his feet in Lambeau in the middle of the end zone because... Tay and number 12 made him and that defense look so stupid in the red zone. I know where you're going as a homer, and I think they get it, but just because I don't want to be that overconfident in it, I think the Packers figure out a way to edge it out. That bad boy is in Lambeau week 12. Off their bye, though, off that's the, my biggest off concern. Off their bye is the biggest concern, though, but it is also one of the hardest games on their schedule yeah. in terms of coverability and in terms of just winability. Yeah. winability. So, uh, oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to go 4-0. Right. Okay. You convinced me. After You're going 4-0. I'm going okay. 4-0. I mean, like I've said, it is, especially this matchup, it is going to be impossible for me to be unbiased. I could see the Rams taking this one, and then, uh, you know, me being me, I'll say the Packers get their lick back in the playoffs. But, yeah. Or maybe I'll say one way, or, one way or another, maybe I'll say three and one. I'm low on the Vikings, but that one's in Minnesota. 
or you know because kind of one of my thoughts here is that i think this offense is going to be fantastic i don't think it's i think it's going to be a better offense even week one than it was last year i think it's going to take a minute for it to be all systems go full potential so i don't want to like you said if andy dalton is week one i have no no thought in my mind that the bears can win that game I do think the Bears defense can have some success, though, with, uh, you know, coming into week one here. But maybe I'll say one way or another three and one, even though in the back of my head, I'm saying it's the Packers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm iffy on the four and oh, but I kind of think three yeah. and one, too. And, you know, I think that week one game could be or maybe Jared Goff revenge game. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> uh, probably not, though. No, I think uh, it'll be the opposite Classic, of that. <laughs> uh, Classic, though, Bears week one on uh, primetime football. It's always like a 10-7 to 7 yeah. finish. Like, yeah. it, it never goes above two touchdowns, for crying out yeah. loud. So, But if it's Andy Dalton, uh, no thanks. I don't Yeah, I'm um, good. I don't know. So, um, per mags, 3-1, and one, me iffy on the 4-0, okay. I leaning 4-0, okay. maybe 3-1. and one. Uh, remaining three outside of that Ravens Giants Bucks uh, the easy one not gonna have any problem with the NFC ish Giants no. uh, take that one easy the Ravens is gonna be interesting that one uh, is late season week 17 in MNT Bank St- Stadium that's in Baltimore if you didn't know. That's another hard one that's one of their hardest games for them to cover they're uh, getting three points on the road there so I think that they can get the job done but to close out the season, I don't know. They might want to get the win over the 49ers more than they want yeah. the uh more than they Ray, want the Ravens cuz they could very well lose the away game to the 49ers in week 10 and yeah. they need that 49ers win to uh have a solid playoff run. So I'll say 2 and 1 one way or the other. Either they lose to the Bucks or the Ravens. I don't know which one is going to be more of a defensive matchup. Yeah. I think the Bucks is going to be more that defensive matchup, and I think the Ravens is going to be that shootout where it just kind of coin flip a last second field goal. One way or another, I think they go two and one in the remaining three. Okay, yeah, these ones are tough for me. That Ravens game, I really just don't know what to expect. That is such an interesting matchup that we just haven't seen that Ravens offensive style against this Rams defense. I really don't know what to expect. So, and that Bucks game in Week Three, kind of like I said, I think the Rams could come out a little bit slower than what they will be by the end of the season. And the the Rams actually beat the Bucks in Week Eleven last year, twenty seven twenty four. Maybe the Bucks want their lick back, but. I'm leaning two and one, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say one and two just because I gave him so many other wins on the schedule, and like you said, they might want that week 18 game more than they need week 17. So I will say one and two out of this three here. All right, so let me uh, with the win coming against the Giants goofed me up there. So let me make sure at nine and three is twelve and thirteen and four. All right, so if you are with me, and even then I could uh, see him definitely going three and one in the NFC North. So even then, um, if you're with me, fifteen and two, potentially Ooh. fourteen and three. Ooh. Yikes! If you're with uh, Mags, thirteen and four straight up, no questions. Uh, we'll keep him in that three and one category in the NFC North for all sure. Right. So that both of those, all of those numbers go over their current 10 sure and a do. half set win total. So we got a lot to talk about once again. Um, I don't think it's too lofty for these Rams to expect that, but we'll obviously have plenty yeah. to talk about here once we get into the betting preview. Um, so final things to wrap up the schedule breakdown before we do get into the full betting preview. Uh, just some final thoughts as far as uh, the rest and prep inequality that we uh, always like to share with you guys. The guys over at SFA break this down excellently. It's one of uh, the key trends and 
stats that we use from them. Uh, going into 2021, uh, the Rams play two opponents that have over a week to prepare for them, and they play two opponents that have less than a week to prepare for them. So obviously negated, nothing crazy to worry about there. Very, very solid in the disadvantage advantage department when it comes to rest. They only play one team uh, where they're on a rest disadvantage, and then they play three teams when they're on a, a rest advantage. Mm-hmm. So looks good for them in that department. Only play one game that's on a uh, short week and on the road, and then they only play one game that is off a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. So across the board, they look to be primed. They look to be able to get those high win and have a yeah. very, very successful winning season. Maybe only have anywhere from two to four losses. That only helps their case there as well. Um, last but certainly not least, uh, everything. No, actually, out of out of all that, we covered everything we really needed to cover because we'll cover everything out in the, the uh, betting preview here. So that does it. Full schedule breakdown. There's our predictions. Uh, if you're with Mags, you're thinking 13 and four. You're with me, maybe a little bit higher, 15 and two, 14 and three, somewhere in that ballpark. But uh, let's see how they're going to do betting wise here and uh, shift gears. This is a daily sports sure gambling is. show. We're not just analysts. At the end of the day, we're handicappers. That's what we That's do. That's what we do. Sports betting analysts, my friend. So, all that being said, let's get into what we really know about the entire betting preview. For the Los Angeles Rams into 2021, but before we dive into 2021, we got to talk a little bit about 2020. Now, I think these numbers are going to improve once again because of the improvements of the offensive line uh, or uh, the offense in general. So don't read too much into these, but I think that you're going to need to uh, definitely have them in the back of your mind when it comes to um, this upcoming season because they are trends for a reason. In 2020, they were favored by an average of 3.6 points. Uh, in 2021, it's come down just a little bit, down to 3.2. They're favored in 13 games this year and only dogs in three and have one pick them against the Seahawks in week five. Now, as far as 2020 goes, they had an ATS record of 9-7 and seven with a 10-6 and straight-up record, 6-5 and five ATS as a favorite, and 3-2 and two ATS as a dog. At home in the brand new SoFi Stadium, five and three ATS with a six and two record as a home favorite. They were four and three against the number and one and zero against the number as a home dog. On the road, four and four straight up and ATS record as a road dog. They were two and two, so obviously as a road favorite, they were also two and two against the number. Nothing crazy to look at there. I think uh, we see some improvements uh, on both sides of the ball. Or, well, not both sides of the ball, both sides of the split, rather, uh, yeah. home and away. Mm-hmm. You know, it does concern me a little bit that away they were 500 in both categories with there being no fans. But I think that you have to kind of attribute a lot of that to Jared Goff. Right. He did have a lot of those deer in the headlights looks that I mentioned earlier sure. on the road. Mm hmm. That all being said, uh, let's go to the game totals here. The over-under stats and trends for the 2020 LA Rams. They had an average line of 46.8, and that is ticked up one-tenth of a decimal point to 46.9 average game total in 2021. But back to 2020, they were an under team. They were 4-12 over-under overall. They were 8-0 to the under at home. Four and four over under on the road. They were 11 and one to the under as a favorite. 
and 5-1 and one to the over as a dog. Those favorites and underdog splits do include playoffs, but I just wanted to show you because it does back up even more trends. I don't know why they were an over team as an underdog and why they were an under team as a favorite. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe in those dog spots, those were those shootout spots. The book's obviously priced them right as a dog they needed to stick in maybe those plus three plus two and a half kind of spreads those shootouts maybe that's what did them for him as a dog obviously as a favorite there weren't many spreads you saw that uh, Jared Goff was able to cover as a as a favorite uh, some of those big ones especially so maybe those were some of the lower scoring games they were just kind of back and forth defense Maybe something to think about with them as a favorite when it's that disparaging, even though with some of the adjustments they have made, I mean, 11 and one to the under as a favorite and five and one to the over as a dog. Definitely something you got to think about there. Yeah. One thing I take away, uh, you know, take it as you will. Looks like their and, you know, matchup might've played into it, but their defense at home was fucking phenomenal last year. So especially if you add in some fans, uh, not that the LA Rams fan base over in LA is as big as some of these other fan bases, but with a little bit of crowd noise, that offense or that defense at home might be even scarier this year. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, you love a teaser. I love a teaser. I hope you love a teaser too. Sitting on your couch on Sunday mornings watching uh, maybe the fantasy show, maybe watching NFL, building one of them bad boys together. Uh, well, not too bad of a look if you want to take not the terrible. old Rams. Uh, six and seven point teasers. They were 11 and five and 12 and five. So unless you're getting them through some real key numbers, be careful there. But 10 point teasers, 13 and two. So as I always like to say, if you're doing those 10 point teasers, you need that extra leg to get it up to plus money. The Rams are definitely yeah. one of those teams for you to take a look at. So there you go. There you have it. All of the 2020 ATS over-under and teaser trends from the 2020 LA Rams. Let's get back into the present, into 2021. Enough of the past because we are a forward-looking show here and we provide value. We don't always look in the past. No. So time to get back into the future. 2021, what lies ahead for the LA Rams weekly betting schedule? Well, I'm so glad you asked because, again, I am here to tell you all about that. Now, we skipped over uh, skipped over it in the schedule. Go week by week here, tell you the uh, spread, some that might potentially be jumping out at me as I'm talking about them, and then uh, kick it over to my partner, let him uh, tell you guys a little bit of some of the value he's finding there as well. So... The Rams playing in SoFi Stadium against my Bears in week one. They are laying seven points right now. And if Andy Dalton starts, I could see that ticking up to 10. Yep. Uh, in week two, they're getting a point and a half in Lucas Oil Stadium against the Colts. Up to minus three for the Rams. I just checked. Up to minus three for the Rams. All right. So it has now flipped uh, week three. And some of these lines may have moved. This was uh, obviously at the time of publication uh few weeks back about a month or so maybe a month and a half uh so then the, they play in week three the buccaneers uh they come in lane a point uh that is also in sofi stadium then in week four they play the cardinals and they are getting uh four and a half points on that one as well or they're giving four and a half points and then in week five they are a virtual pick em. it is a uh in seattle uh sorry hold on one second I apologize. Some mic checks. Sorry. That might have been me. Yeah, definitely knocked out the headphones, but that's all right, Bob. 
All right, we're back in business. Well, Here we go. While we got that pause, uh, it is so up to minus one week five. All right. So then in week six, they play the Giants. They're laying three and a half points against them. That is an away game. Uh, then in week seven, they get Detroit coming home. Uh, they are laying 12 points there. Then in week eight, they're laying eight and a half to Houston. So obviously those are the two big ones. I would say definitely take them because I don't think those yeah. teams have a shot in yeah. hell. But then week nine, uh, they are laying five and a half against Tennessee. That one is played in SoFi Stadium. Week 10, they're laying three points against the 49ers. That's the first meeting of the season, and that one is played in the in San Francisco. And then, obviously, they have their bye in week 11. I already told you about that. And then come out of the bye to play the Packers. They're laying one point on the road in Lambeau. And then they're laying nine and a half points in week 13 against the Jags. Week 14, laying two and a half against the Cardinals. Week 15, laying four points against the Seahawks. In week 16, they are giving two and a half points to the Vikings on the road and then getting three points in week 17 against the Ravens on the road once again. I already told you that. And then I already told you too, they close out their season in week 18, laying three points against the 49ers. So overall... I think they're going to have plenty of success covering these small ones. Um, I I like to see how that one flipped against the Colts. I think if by some chance that they don't win week one, which I hate to say that as a Bears fan, but I think they do, um, they will definitely win in week two, in my yeah, opinion. They'll sure. come out hot. Um, but some of these, the pick them against Seattle, I like that a lot. I like. I don't understand why the Giants is only minus three and yeah, a half. Do I. Give me all of that. I would imagine that's had to have ticked up by now. Yeah. And then um, definitely their underdog spreads too. Uh, I'm, I'm not too afraid of the plus threes. If they do tick down to like plus two and a half, plus one and a half, definitely got to think about it because I, I do think they could potentially get the loss to the 49ers in week 10, lost the Ravens week 17. And yeah. those are those dog spreads that I'm talking about. So definitely some stuff to think about, but I definitely think the Rams have a lot more value than uh, than they really provided last year as far as against the number. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the game totals a little bit here in a minute. But, partner, as far as anything jumping off the page, what are you feeling betting-wise? Yeah, I think I'm going to be hammering in a lot of their spreads at home. That's not to say I don't think they're going to be good on the road. I think they might have a couple spots where it's a little trickier on the road. This defense I mentioned at home was fantastic. Not that they were bad on the road. They just didn't travel quite as well as how they played at home so there might be a few away spreads that i'll be staying away from as you mentioned that one against the giants it's weird that that is so low i think they absolutely destroy the giants and then those week seven and eight spreads might go up over two touchdowns because uh you know both those teams are also going to be looking terrible and i think uh it might not even be a bad spot to hammer it in because that lions game is going to be i joked that it was going to be a jared goff revenge game that is going to be a matt stafford you destroyed my career i am going to destroy you even if it doesn't matter right now aside from that uh you know later on in the season i'm not sure what we're going to see week one obviously we'll talk about in a second but uh, i like what you said week two i as long as it go, doesn't go over minus three, I'll be hammering in the in the Rams at Lucas Oil against the Colts. And then week three, I might be interested in the Bucks, but we'll see how they look. Both teams look uh, first two weeks there. Sure enough. Um, appreciate your opinions there, partner. I uh, already told you about their uh, average line uh, for their game totals in 2021. Nothing crazy to write home about. Uh, it does worry me that they were 4-12 and over-under overall last year. So it's going to be kind of a question mark. I, I want to see... What we see from this team, I think that that defense obviously keeps these games under a lot of the time, but is this offense going to put up 28, 35 points a game when we saw back in 2018 when they made their Super Bowl run? 
I can't answer that right now. I got to see exactly if Matt Stafford in this offense lives up to my expectations at this point in time, but I definitely think that they do. So that does it. Weekly betting lines, weekly stuff, nothing to really write home about as far as the game totals. Some stuff uh, there we both had opinions on from the spreads. Partner, I hate to ask you and please be kind to my boys, but way too early week one pick. The Chicago Bears are welcomed into SoFi Stadium by today's team of the day, team of the day, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are currently laying seven points. Are you hammering that bad boy in? Are you thinking this is going to be one of the classic Bears first week games of the regular season? And uh, you're taking those seven points with the Bears. I don't know. Bear down. I, uh, I'm not going to be Bear as down. mean. Uh, I'm not going to say that by any means. Uh, that's seven points. If it was, you know, a lower spread, I'd be hammering the Rams. But like I said, I could see, I think it's going to be a better offense, even still in week one that we saw last year. But I don't think they'll be firing on all cylinders quite yet. If it's Andy Dalton, I'll be a lot more scared. And obviously, I think that line will certainly move uh, one way or another, whoever is the quarterback. So I might be interested in the Bears because I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I'll probably hammer in the under. Uh, whatever that number is, because uh, I think it'll be first one to 20 points, honestly. So as long as that over-under ain't lower than 40, I might be hammering in the Bears and the under. I don't even necessarily know that they make it to 40 points. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm thinking it makes it to 17 points. I think okay. this is like a maybe even 20 points. Uh, this is a little 13-7 finish okay. here. Um, and I think that's why you're going to see that seven points. I think this might finish 13-7. The Bears cover it at six. And I think the Bears getting the points are definitely the value play here. I don't okay. think that you should hammer them in on the money line by any means i don't as much as i hate i don't think my bears o's get it done in week one the but, more the more i hear it and the more i'm just picturing like i'm visualizing andy dalton under center i'm just like oh just no stop. no oh I, no this is I, gonna be stop, a massacre stop i have already pushed that out of my head quit bringing <laughs> it's his that time though up. man stop. it's his time stop it's his time enough enough, enough. <laughs> we're talking about the rams enough so as far we already talked about it the rams season win total uh that's our way too early week one picks there you go <laughs> season win total damn it uh ten and a half wins right now for the la rams now partner uh we both went over the ten and a half total yep. on uh both of our predictions sure did. the over ten and a half right now is set at plus 120 and the under ten and a half is at minus 140 now in my mind if I rattled off all of those wins, if I even decided to change it up a little bit and was a little more conservative in some spots, how can I not take the over at plus right. money? But it does concern me a little bit. I'm not too certain that they get over, but they're going to have to get over if they're going to do what I think they're going to do in the playoffs and if they're going to win this division. So I, I would say I'm going to take the over 10.5, but I'm a little tentative because it just feels trappy. And one other thing. Found this out per Warren Sharp. The Rams win total, uh, this is exact verbatim. Uh, Rams win total at 10.5 is tied for the fourth highest in the league. Mm. Historically, betting the over on a double-digit win total has not been a good bet. Excluding Tom Brady and the Patriots, absolute wagons to the over of their season win total. Double-digit win totals have only gone over at a rate of 45.6%. So, thank you once again, Warren, yeah, for some of your key sure. stats and stuff. Um, that's the only thing that worried me, because I read yeah. that a few days back, and I said, 
shit. Well, they got to get over 10.5 if they want to get to the playoffs and do what I think they're going to do, but... That's surprising to me. That looms really, 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 really large. It does. And then... You talk about Matt Stafford never making the playoffs and never or never winning a playoff game. And yikesy, kapikesy. I don't know if I'm going to buy into it. I think that might be also why that over is set at plus money. It might be. Let the entire public hammer in this under. I'm going to stick firm. I'm going over 10.5 wins, even if they get 11. They Some of those wins that we were a little more iffy on, over 10.5 plus 120 for me. Where are you lying? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what the possible path would be. I think the Seahawks and Cardinals would have to be a, even better than we're imagining them to be, like Super Bowl contending type teams to where they split both of those games and go like three and three within the division. And maybe they stumble out of the gates, kind of like I'm saying, even uh, even more than I'm saying as far as not firing on all cylinders on offense quite yet. That's really the path. And I still just kind of don't really see it. I don't, I'm not that high on the Seahawks and Cardinals from a full team perspective. So I'm happily going over the ten and a half with some plus money. I'm I, I I'm nervous about it just because it seems trappy, but I'm I'm interested in over eleven and a half at plus two ten, my man. I mean, you mentioned the number about double digit totals not having a ton of success, but I, I personally have had some success the last couple of years with these uh, double digit totals. Yeah. So I think it's just certain teams, and maybe there's certain teams that are trappy. But there were ten and sixteen last year, and you give me a quarterback that's. What I believe to be top ten easily, if not top five, quarterback in the league compared to like the twentieth ranked quarterback. Give me the over, no question. Give me the over eleven and a half at plus two ten, man. Give it to me. All right, Mags is taking the alternate total of over eleven and a half plus two ten. That's actually very surprising. Um, yeah, that seems like great value. I think that all of the public is just going to buy too much into. Stafford never went in a playoff game, yeah. never really having a whole bunch of success with the Lions, and they're going to just look too much into last season's numbers, but there's plenty of changes that are going to just completely cross those out. I mean, you I mentioned no it. The Lions, uh, there was only one offensive coach that he had for a couple of years, Jim Caldwell, and he had a very positive record with Caldwell. All of his other coaches. Let I, him have it. I don't want to die. Let him fucking have it. I don't want to like skim through this chapter to try and find the exact number, but those coaches that were the defensive coaches – it's a brutal record. I feel. Oh, it's right here. Thirty-eight, sixty-two, and one with the defensive coaches. Uh, the one with Jim Caldwell was thirty-six and twenty-eight. Obviously, I think there's one bad season sprinkled in, but we all know the Lions roster had some brutal rosters in there, and Matt Stafford elevated him. So you give me a very solid roster, and what many people to believe as one of the greatest offensive minds of our generation. Give me the over, man. Give it to me. All right. Well, that's enough of that because we are obviously all over the over and think it has immense amount of value. Now, you should also think it has immense amount of value because I do believe they have to get over 10.5 to make the playoffs. Yep. And the books think they make the playoffs pretty convincingly. Yes, right now is at minus 178 and no, miss the playoffs is at plus 144. Mm. I wouldn't suggest uh, trying to find any value in them missing the playoffs. I think uh, you mentioned it very early on in the show, partner, but I think we do see a Packers-Rams uh, shootout here okay. uh, in the playoffs. Okay. I think both teams make a deep playoff. I am actually both extremely high those would be my two favorites right now okay. in the nfc unless i see something else absolutely crazy to start the season for sure so there's the odds on that now as far as the division conference and super bowl 56 this year in case you didn't know go the rams are actually second in the nfc west right now to win it out right there at plus 200 odds and right below them just barely plus 190 odds the san francisco 49ers mm -hmm. Obviously, everybody and their dogs 
are extremely high on the 49ers. They've seen a few plays from Trey Lance. Oh my goodness. Oh my gracious. It's about to be a complete remake over. See you later, Jimmy G. I don't know how much I buy into it. Mm -hmm. I really just don't know how much I buy into it. Uh, there's plenty, and this is no shade, but there's there's plenty of guys who have had success, but you have to remember he's coming from a section or, or a one double A school. Right. So it's <laughs> there's not many of those guys in the league. And those guys in the league that end up being hugely successful from those schools are outliers. Particularly right now, a quarterback that's struggling really, 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 really well, and I don't really want to put a really bad. I don't want to put Trey Lance in this category this early, but Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of how it's rolled out in the past. I don't want to put that on Trey Lance, but they do come from the same school. Am I? You're correct. I am correct. So yeah, North Dakota State North University. Dakota State. So I don't know really how I, I am on the 49ers. You can look all over the internet right now and see this sharp, that sharp, whatever sharp that I really think are a little dull of <laughs> saying that <laughs> the uh, 49ers are just going to be the team. They're winning the Super Bowl this year. Trey Lance is the savior to all their problems. I just don't think it's happening this year, my friends. Uh, I really, really don't. And I think the Rams at plus 200 are the value play to make. I think they take it home 5-1, and one, easy money. I think the 49ers find a way to flub up and end up going 4-2 or or even 3-3. Three and three. I, I hate to say that, but I think they find a way to do it just with how that offense is built right now. Great with your quarterback. Not so great with the wide receivers. Not so great with the running back room. Okay. I... Uh... I, if you're making a play, I think the Rams is the play to make. I would say either the over 10.5 or over 11.5 has more value because they could win 12 games and still not win the division sure. necessarily. Sure. And because there's, uh, you know, I don't think, I think the Rams and the Niners are going to be better than the Seahawks and the Cardinals, but there's a world in which either of those two teams finds something and really elevates to the next level and wins 13, 14 games. Seems a little crazy, but it's possible. These four teams in this division are really good. So I will say that the value is more lying with the over win totals here. All right. How about conference or Super Bowl? Uh, as far as the conference goes, they are fourth overall right now. NFC winner at plus 700. And then Super Bowl 56 plus 1,500, 15 to 1 odds to win that bad boy this year. Uh, don't need to spend a whole lot of time on that. Obviously, if they take care of the NFC West, uh, they should be able to take care. I, I think that they make a Super Bowl run. I think this is the year that Sean McVay repeats 2018 and they make a Super Bowl run this year. So I think that Super Bowl 56 victory at plus 1,500 is more than worth a look. Sean McVay deserves it at anybody in the league. He has just been kind of stiffed by quarterback play, if, if yeah, I'm giving my humble fair. opinion. So I think this is the year he goes back, and I think that has a lot of value. But once again, much like my partner, I think the over 11.5, over 10.5 yeah. is the best value play we've talked about so far. How about some side bets, sure, sure. my friend? Because we gave you all the value, the weekly value. We gave you our best value as far as some future plays. What about some additional future plays, side bets we're looking at before the season starts? Well, don't know how much value it has, but if he does have a hell of a start to the season and McVay makes Matthew Stafford look as good as I think he will, Stafford to win MVP right now is 17-1. to 1. Right around that ballpark is sometimes where you like to see those future plays. So I'm not saying run to the window, hammer it in. Right. But, I mean, you already know my prediction, too. I already took Aaron Rodgers to repeat. But uh, it if, if the Rams do what I think they're going to do and Stafford is going to be a big majority of that, I, I, 
I think it could potentially happen, but I'm not running to the window in any capacity. Right. I would say avoid it. Yeah, I'm Maybe not running to fun it. play. Yeah, I'm not running to it either. But I would say, well, I think what you're trying to say is the path is there for him. Sure. To, yeah, the path is there. But Wide I think the F open. Yeah, but I think there's just too many other guys that might have a huge season for you to think that this is a nice play to be throwing tons of money. Maybe a tiny little sprinkle, but no thanks. I'll pass on it. Sure. Absolutely. Uh now. Maybe a little additional value on Stafford, though, if uh, you were kind of bummed out that we don't like him for MVP. Potentially a little bit of value on most regular season passing touchdowns. Now, my partner said, I don't know about that when we were talking about this before the, the show. He said, ah, he's only gone over 30 twice. I said, maybe this is the third year that he does it. Maybe this is the year he gets over 40 for the first time. Maybe this is the year he flirts with 50 because he has an offense that he can actually do a lot with. Now, he's had good offenses in the past, but just none as electric as what I think right. we're going to see this year. So he very well could be in the conversation, and at plus 1,300 odds, I am not too bearish on that. I would say maybe worth a little bit of a sprinkle if you okay. want a little bit of a spread, uh, a little bit of a sweat. Much like the MVP, if they come out and shock the fucking world and Matt Stafford looks like a god among men on that gridiron, those are very wide open. And then also most passing yards, obviously we see a lot uh, from those short out routes. Cooper Cup, uh, obviously Jefferson will be doing that. Robert Woods can rip the cover off the uh, the defense. Most passing yards for Stafford is at plus 1,400 right now. I don't hate those odds either. Again, I'm not running to the window on these, but I think they could be a very fun season-long yeah. sweat with how I think this Rams team is going to shake okay. out. I don't hate either of these. You know, I, I kind of push back a little bit. I actually think well, that... push on back, pal. I think the MVP would have more value than either of these really? two, honestly. Really? Like, if he's up over 40 touchdowns, he's going to be right in that <laughs> MVP conversation. MVP. That's true. And there's a few guys that I think are going to have some huge seasons that, you know, maybe their team won't be as good. So if Matt Stafford's going over 40 touchdowns, that Rams uh, record is going to be looking pretty fucking good. So... Like I said, I'm not running to the window with either of these or any of these, but I would say the MVP might have a little bit more value than these other two. I don't know. I just had a premonition. Matt Stafford, 2021, throws for 4,444 yards and 44 touchdowns. The first time any stat like that has ever been put up in the NFL. Well, There's my that. premonition. <laughs> I Call me that I, I mean, I don't know. Like the like a 3333 three, three, and like a 33 touchdown, like all fours. Oh, I see oh, 4444. Okay, okay. okay. I thought you meant like nobody's had that type of no, volume before. No, no, That's no, what no. I thought you meant. No, no, no. Hey, call me crazy now, but I've said it time and time again on this show. Feel free to quote me later, bitches. All right. Matt Stafford, 20 interceptions, 20 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, two zero, two zero yards, 2,020 yards. Uh, there you go. There you have it. Um, defensive player of the year. Uh -huh. Obviously, he will always be in the conversation. I right. don't even have to say his name without it already being on the tip of your tongue. Aaron Donald. He is at plus 500, the outright favorite. I've already told you my favorite partner. I don't really know where you lean, but I think you do lean with me. Uh, Chase Young at plus 1,000, plus 1,100, really where you're finding him right now. I not no shade at Aaron Donald. No, he would eat me for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner Sunday through Sunday for the next eight months, maybe next eight years. I wouldn't hold a damn candle to that specimen of a human being, but I just don't think DPOY is his title this year. I think the young man Chase uh, Young is going to shock the hell out of some people. Going to improve upon those seven and a half sacks last year, turn those into double digit sacks, be in the number one sacks category, and then have a bunch of other statistics. Sure. So. I think I would say stay the hell away. 
Yeah. I mean, you can hammer this in and feel, you know, pretty Confident. okay about it. I am mostly with you. Uh, I am very interested in Chase Young and also Miles Garrett on top of that as well. Plain and simple, though, Aaron Donald is the best defensive player year in and year out. That doesn't mean he's always going to be the defensive player of the year. You know, you see it in all types of leagues. There's just a fatigue that comes to giving these guys the award right. year over year. Yeah, yep. And Aaron Donald's in that category at this point of the year. He's really, or in, the, in this point of his career, he's really going to have to put up historic numbers, which he is very capable of doing, uh, but it's going to be tough for him. So I'm uh, lying with you in either Chase Young or Miles Garrett range. All right, well, there you go. And then one final side bet. This one's pretty much mine. Uh, this one I, I wrote about in my uh, NFL Honors blog. If you guys haven't yeah. read that, you don't know what I'm talking about, go to TalkingTheLine.com. Check out our blogs. Not only my blogs, our mags has plenty of other stuff yep. in there as well. Uh, but I gave my predictions. I looked back into last year, some predictions for, for last year's winners for 2021. And then I gave predictions for the 2021 NFL Honors winners. So you can get all my stuff there. But I predicted Coach of the Year to be Sean McVay. It's nerve-wracking. It's going to be a little bit of a sweat, but you just said it, partner. The path is there. Sure. If he turns around Matt Stafford's career, yep. if he gets these boys in a position where it looks like they're going to be making the Super Bowl, just like 2018, if this team even glimmers as the 2018 Los Angeles Rams, that's all but his. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a few teams that could potentially get it done, or other guys, Brandon Staley, talked about him yesterday. He's the outright favorite, but it's going to take a lot. There was obviously already production there. He's going to have to do a lot. Obviously, maybe Arthur Smith. I've been thinking this in my mind a lot lately. If Arthur Smith can turn around the Falcons franchise, I mean, we, we've already talked about it. They have blown leads at, at a historical rate over the course of the last three years. And if Arthur Smith can come in and Dean Pease turn around that defense and offense, Arthur Smith could be in the running as well, especially being a head coach and combo OC. But I love McVay mm -hmm. to get these boys back to the Super Bowl. I love him to turn around Matt Stafford's career. I love him to make Kevin O'Connell look like a genius. I love him to give Raheem Morris pointers here and there when he needs it and maybe even turn him into a potential head coach sometime in the future again. I could go on and on, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, I've already hammered it in, and I'm taking Sean McVay, Coach of the Year. I'm talking myself into it, man. If they win the division and they're the first or second seed in the NFC, I think the only person who yesterday, Brandon Staley, if they find a way, I don't think it's going to happen. If they find a way to win the division over the Chiefs, I think that or that award is going to be Staley's that yeah oh hell yeah which i like we said i don't really think that's going to happen i think Staley's going to be in that conversation but you know even if let's say the packers are the one seed uh and the rams are the two seed i still think mcveigh gets it over matt lafleur because matt lafleur has won 13 games the last two years and hasn't really been in that conversation at the end of the year so i'm talking myself into it i'll be honest with you at plus 1800 i, I might actually hammer that in my friends i might Hey, and you got me in there. Getting immortal might it. now. I've already hammered it in. Uh, you can and check. I'll, I'll be so mad, though, if I hammer him in instead of Staley, and Staley, <laughs> Staley is the one. Gets it. I will, too, because that's that's the only other place I would maybe really both like. Of them. Or, maybe or, both of them. Or maybe Arthur Smith, too, just for a little extra sprinkle. Because literally, if he can turn around that Falcons franchise, yeah, it's all but his. Sure. Just like Stefanski last year. Just like yeah. Stefanski last yeah. year. That is the same fucking path for that's crying fair. out loud. So. That's my thoughts, my humble betting thoughts, what I know, how I can read lines, what I think might be valuable, what mags might think will be valuable. That's the entire 
betting preview. All right, my friends, one final thing we have to get to. The fourth and final segment of the day, quite possibly our favorite segment of the day because it's our first love. Way before we had legalized sports gambling available at our fingertips, we had fantasy football at our fingertips. If you didn't know, me and this joker over here have been in the same fantasy league for the better part of a decade. We have turned it into a dynasty league in 2021, so now we have even more takes and more analysis that we have to go through and dish out. I cannot wait. I am so excited, and it has opened up an entirely new door to fantasy football for me. If you can't tell I'm a fantasy nerd, I don't know what more I can tell you. My partner's right there on the same wavelength as me. We've been probably playing fantasy football since before high school, and that is me? Oh, yeah. that is north of 10 years now for yep. sure. So, um, yeah, we got some. We think we got some pretty good stuff we say from time to time yep. when it comes to fantasy. So, obviously, being a great fantasy player, you have to come up with good names. Mm. You got to come up with mm. a good team name, or you got to come up with maybe a, a good little something-something when you're talking about a segment. You see it all the way through the fantasy football community. Well, hey, we coined our own fantasy football segment, and you best believe it's time for that. Time to wrap up the LA Rams with the fourth and final segment of the day with Star Stash or Pass, our best fantasy advice for the LA Rams. All right, my friends. First things first, most important position on the field um, in football, maybe not always in fantasy football, but I think it's going to be very important here this year. Quarterback room, partner, let me have it. We have the aforementioned Matt Stafford and backed up by John Wolford. Will you be starting, stashing, stashing, or passing on these fellas all together in the upcoming 2021 NFL fantasy football season first pick overall John Walford no I'm kidding no uh yeah I'm not gonna waste a second on that breath and that name but Matt Stafford I will absolutely take him I'm very curious to see where he's going in drafts he was not the uh highest ranked quarterback in fantasy last year obviously a night and day type situation here so I'll absolutely be starting him I uh I won't reach for him but uh if he's right in my range where I'm taking quarterbacks absolutely I'll feel pretty damn solid if I got Matt Stafford at my quarterback spot I do declare that he will probably fall to the range that me and you target quarterbacks you think so? in. I've... I really do believe so. I don't think people are going to be that high on him. I that That's my opinion. I don't know okay. where, where his ADP is at right now, but in my opinion, I think people are going to pass on him for a while, and I think you can get him at a fire sale price, yeah. and he is going to produce QB1 numbers for you week in and week out. I don't even think that you have to worry about him not really having rushing production. And as a matter of fact, I think that McVay allows him to have more rushing production. Mm. I think he opens up that that (laughs) other depth of Stafford's game that we haven't been able to see in a lot of years. So definitely a start for me, start for Mags, QB1, Matt Stafford. Um, Maybe potentially, I wouldn't say worth a handcuff early, but keep your eye on him in case anything happens to the old dog Stafford. Sure. Uh, Wolford stepped up when uh, Golf went out for a couple games last year. He is not uh, not a guy that you should not stick, shake a stick at if you are in a pinch. I'm shaking a stick, sorry. Shake shake a stick. I'm shaking but a stick. But if you're in a pinch, <laughs> in a bad quarterback pinch, that's the only reason. He would be one of those guys I would say, hey, holy shit, we need some points somehow. Uh, running backs. Obviously, no Cam Akers this year. He was going to be one of my top 10 running backs, no question in my mind. 
Now there's a gaping hole. Yeah. Uh, with him gone, you enter Daryl Henderson. Henderson, in my mind, finishes RB2 right around. Um, I think he has potential to crack top 20 RBs in fantasy this year. It's going to take a lot, and this offensive line is going to need to produce for them, but I definitely believe they do. And I think that with the addition of Stafford, with uh, some of the things that McVay will be able to do with PA and PSM, I think that it's going to be all right for uh, this running back room. And I think that Henderson will average... 10 to 15 points a game somewhere in that ballpark and then maybe he'll rifle off a 25 30 point game for you here or there so i would draft henderson as my rb2 i i would love to get my hands on him for sure i think he has another successful year and then as far as all these other guys right now without us knowing who is exactly the number two depth chart guy right now I'm going to pass on them yeah. all together. Uh, definitely keep your ear to the streets, though, as far oh, as yeah. this, uh, this Rams running back room, because they are pretty damn successful year over year when it comes yeah. to fantasy. So, uh, partner, where are you landing for these guys? Very similar to you. I will love having Henderson as long as he is the bona fide starter. I'm kind of like cautiously starting him. Kind of what you're saying. There's nobody to handicuff in the draft, but at some point, one of these guys is going to emerge, and kind of what we've seen from Henderson over the last few years, he might have some nice... Uh, nice starts or he might be the guy coming into the season and then by a few weeks into the season McFay says oh well what's this guy got going on here let me get this guy 20 carries or 10 carries and split time with Henderson so that's really my biggest concern sure. is that somebody is going to emerge and you know hawk or vulture some of these carries away from him so I'm not overdrafting him um if someone could tell me hey Henderson's going to get 20 carries a game all season long. I, hell yeah, I'll Sign overdraft him. Sign me up. But aside from that, I'm uh, I'm cautious, cautiously starting him. Yeah, so we're on the the same uh, there with Henderson. And obviously, John, you are too. Shout out again, John. Uh, jumping in the live chat today. We appreciate that. Um, honestly, I saw that too that you mentioned Rondell Moore. I don't know if you were uh, popping in at the time uh, when we first started. We actually started with the Arizona Cardinals. And we are both, I might even be higher on Rondell Moore than Mags. Yeah. I am so high on sure. Rondell Moore, especially, I think, much like you, I think he is going to fall in some of the later rounds. Oh, yeah. I think both of these guys, uh, Henderson and Moore, are going to be some potential flex steals that will produce RB2 wide receiver two numbers for you, no question. So, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Big time, big time, guys, for your fantasy roster this year. What a segue, John, into the wide receiver room. How about that nonsense there? Wide receiver uh, value from me. Robert Woods. I'll put him back in the wide receiver one category. Uh, he struggled just a little bit because of golf, I do believe. And I'll put him back firmly in the wide receiver one category. Cooper Cup, uh, wide receiver two. Um... I don't think he's going to have those wide receiver three flex downside weeks this year. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty consistent, 10 to 15 points. Maybe if he rifles off more than one touchdown, it'll get better and he'll have that wide receiver one upside. But I think you can feel very comfortable drafting him uh, wide receiver two. I would definitely say temper your expectations if you're depending on him to be your wide receiver one. Then as far as the rest of the guys... I was so damn high from a fantasy perspective on Van Jefferson yeah. last year, and I saved this for this point because I think we really, really see some improvement from him in his sophomore year. McVay would not be projecting him to be the third starting guy right now if yeah. he didn't have some level of faith in him and his improvement over the course of offseason and training camp so far. I think he's worth an add if you're going to, if the previous two mentioned guys, Woods and Cup, are gone. 
and you see Van Jefferson, it comes around to your time. Definitely worthy of a flex sure. spot from week to week. You might have to be careful depending on some of the matchups, but then again, that could be sticking my foot in my mouth and he could be completely a different new wide receiver this 2021 season. So those would be the guys that I would target. I would also potentially for Dynasty and maybe even this season, depending on what happens, Tutu Atwell, people are overlooking him so far because, hey, I'm a short guy too. I'm only five foot eight. And you all can pound sand if you're, you're taller than 5'8", aren't you? No, I'm 5'8", huh? dog. I'm shorter than all shit. I'm shorter than all shit. But that's okay. So is Tyreek Cohen. And that okay. motherfucker, hey, hey, hey. Is he you know a what? fantasy player? Yeah, from time okay. to time. Uh-huh. But you know what? He was actually hurt last year, so pound sand on that too. But you know what? It ain't the size of the dog in a fire. It's the huh. size of the fire in the dog. Don't let me tell you twice, all right? Don't let me tell you twice. But that all being said, it's all yours, dude. I think Tutu Atwell <laughs> might have. I think he might have some success. I uh, I think very quite possibly he could be a solid, solid dynasty piece two, three years. Yeah. Even if he doesn't have success on the Rams, somebody's gonna pick him up, sure. and they're gonna utilize him in the correct fashion. So I think he's definitely worth a look as well. Thoughts on the WR room, partner? Yeah, you heard me earlier, earlier in the show. I think Robert Woods is going to be the biggest benefactor of these offensive changes here. So I think he was number 13 wide receiver last year. I think he cracks that top 10. And like partner said, going to be a wide receiver one for you unless you've got another one of these stud wide receivers. Not taking him in the first round with Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, that range. Maybe not even the second round, but sure. third round and on, give me Robert Woods. Cooper Cup, I kind of like you said. I would like him on my team. I would like him as a wide receiver, too. I'm interested to see how he's used here with Matt Stafford. I think he's going to have success. One of the reasons he was so successful with Goff is that he was a security blanket for Goff, and I I think it'll be the same scenario here. But Goff, it was a lot of cases where he was kind of losing confidence, downfield, a lot of pressure, and, hey, oh, there's Cooper Cup. I, you know, I don't need to try and push the ball down the field, whereas Matt Stafford might be a little more aggressive, should be a little more aggressive, but I think he still has got some value, so I would love to have Cooper Cup. Echo your statements on Van Jefferson. I really don't know what we see, but I think he's at least worth a spot on your roster. And I'll echo what you said about Tutu Atwell in Dynasty. I mentioned earlier, I think yeah, I think it's going to be with this Rams team. I think McVay, uh, at some point here in these next couple of years, is going to find a way to use him. If it isn't in the passing game every single, uh, you know, on a down-to-down basis, maybe he'll do some sweep action or some, you know, interesting gadget-type plays. So I will like him down the road, but... Him and Jackson, I'll stay away from right out of the gates here in 2021. Yeah, definitely. And I've tried to convince myself that uh, the old dog, Deshaun Jackson, is worth a fantasy ad over the uh, the last few years. And it's just been injury city. I mean, if you want to change your name, your uh, fantasy team name to ACL Ventura Pup Detective like me, go right ahead. I mean, you can be you can be a pup detective all season long. But I suggest that uh, you just leave him on alone and uh, you stick with some of these other big names. And if uh-huh. you can't get your hands on him, Look elsewhere. Just because they're in this Rams offense, don't overreach for Atwell and Jackson at this time. Mm-hmm. Tight end. Uh, looks like to be only one guy right now in the competition. That's Tyler Higby. Uh, they obviously do have a few more guys on the depth chart, but nobody that you're really going to write home about outside of maybe Johnny Munt. Uh, McVay did decide to bring in Johnny Munt last year uh, in some capacities here or there and definitely saw some good production. But this is all but Tyler Higby's job. I believe that he is going to be in the top 10 tight ends this year. Um, Obviously, we talked about it. After you get out of the top five, it is just a severe, severe, severe drop-off. And I think with Gerald Everett out of the way now, I think Higby is going to be pretty damn prime to have 
double-digit fantasy points almost every doggone week okay. in, in my mind, if not eight or nine, getting you right, right there. Um, little known, well, maybe not a little known fact. I don't know. Either way, um, Tyler Higby was one of McVay's uh, first selections, so sure. he was one of one of his guys. Sure. He, he was in love with uh, Higby at tight end. So I think now third official year, I do believe he was I'm not uh, sure about fourth that. official year. Maybe he was drafted in 2018. Either way. Uh, McVay's super high on him. Now he's obviously TE1. So yep. I will draft the hell out of Tyler Higby. If it's time for me to pick up a tight end and he's sitting there and there's some other guys that I just, I really am not that high on, I will take Tyler Higby. No question about it. I, I think I'm right there with you. I'm a little more nervous about it. I'm nervous that McVay, like some of these other tight ends, is he's going to sprinkle them in when you're kind of least expecting it uh, from a fantasy perspective. I do I do agree with you. I think he's going to be a lot closer to top 10, if not in top 10. And I think he's going to be a lot more consistent. He's going to be a lot more reliable than he was last year when Gerald Everett was in town because he really didn't know who was going to have the better week, uh, week by week between those two guys. So right. I think it is a lot more consistent, no question about it. I'm still a little tentative about him, but I will start him. I will start him nonetheless. All right. Well, there you go. Tight end, another start. Kickers, because they're people too. We don't leave them out. They still fill positions. They got Matt Gay this year, mm-hmm. and I'm not very high on him at all. No? Um, no, not really. I've, I've avoided him in fantasy pretty much. I mean, he'll give you a week here or there, but I would avoid him altogether. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm going to put him on my team, even though he does get onto this Rams team. He's no Greg the leg. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on him All this right. time around. I'll, uh, I'll take a flyer on him. He, he came in. Uh, I don't remember what the full situation was. I was looking at his game log. He played the ha- last half of the season last year and put up some solid numbers. So I'll take the guy. What about it? I'll take him. Hey, all right. Well, what maybe, of it? <laughs> maybe a little bit of value. Who knows? Hey, obviously, if he's joining the Rams, he's got to have some sure. type of value. They're not just going to pick up some stew bum off the corner. Last but certainly not least, defense. Not a whole lot you need to say here. Definitely worth a draft spot. If you get your hands on them, pick up the Rams. I think they finish well within the top five in fantasy points this year. Um, if not, top seven, top eight at the worst. Um, yeah, definitely worth a spot. I'm starting them. Okay. I will absolutely start them, of course. They were number one defense last year. I think that might fall down a little bit this year just because that offense is going to be a little higher scoring, so the opposing team is going to be passing a lot more in my eyes the way I see it. Uh, So they might give up a little more points per game. Uh, So from a fantasy perspective, I think it's going to be a little less desirable. But much like you, I still think it's going to be right around top five. What you got? Our man John got Adams, Kelsey, and And Stafford. Stafford. Wow, okay. (sighs) You're going to put up 150 points a week with those <laughs> boys alone. Good grief. Look out, world. You're about to fucking destroy teams this year. That's All fun. right. Uh, yeah, I definitely uh, definitely agree with everything you said there on the defense for sure. So there you go, my friends. Everything fantasy-wise from the TTL crew for the Los Angeles Rams in start, stash, or pass. That officially does it. Wow. On the money, one minute before wow, 11.30. How about that? Let's send these uh, L.A. Rams into their 2021 season the only way we know how. What do you say, partner? Let's do it. All right. Well, in that case, to Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell, and new D.C. Raheem Morris, we wish you the best of luck in this upcoming NFL season to all of the players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball and the entire Los Angeles Rams franchise playing out of the beautiful SoFi Stadium. We hope you have a terrific year. 
We look forward to seeing you in the playoffs. And as always, Godspeed. All right, my friends, that does it. Officially, the entire season preview for the LA Rams. Holy smokes, man. We're clipping right along Cruising here. Uh, right along. 18th uh, in the books. All right. Well, we did have a fan request, so you best believe we're going to get to that request. You out your mind. if you Washington ain't. defense number one, John, I believe you. Yep. I'll yeah, take that you're action. Damn, you're yep. damn straight. Uh, so let's get into uh, preseason week two. Kicked off last night with the fucking drubbing yeah, of did. the Eagles by the Patriots. 35-point uh-huh. fucking drubbing. I took the fucking over 38 and with the, the, with the assumption were, that Jalen Hurts was going to be around. so I mean, hey, we get a field goal and we push that bad boy out. That's what we get for betting preseason. Give me a break and a half. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Good degenerates over here. So uh, I, I actually already hammered in, uh, hammered in plays today on the preseason. Um, now, this is not because I, I uh, took the over yesterday and the under hit. The, right. But the under has been an absolute wagon so far. It, it sure is now has. 15 and 3 in the preseason. First one that I like the most um, is the under 41, or now it might have moved around. Uh, No, still at 41. 41, So under 41 in the Chiefs and Cardinals. Um, Two things why I really like this. Um, The Cardinals, seven out of their last eight preseason games, have not cracked 41 points. Not even close. Um, Not sure about the Chiefs, but the, the Cardinals were the ones that really jumped off the board there at me. And then... This is a little bit, uh, a little bit sketchy to me. This kind of shows me that the public is kind of back in this, and the uh, the wise guys might be a little bit on that side as well. But I think this is a majority of just public money. Um, the over is getting fifty one percent of bets and fifty nine percent of money. So nothing crazy, nothing that you need to be saying. Oh, the sharps are all over that. I think that's a public play and a half, and I'm going to be siding with the under here tonight, under 41. Not to mention a little bit of line movement. This line opened at 43, and it has since dropped down to that 41. I don't think 41 is low enough. Um, Obviously, you see that movement, and then there's going to be a lot of buyback in on the over at 41. But I don't even think we have to worry about getting the hook. I think this stays way under 41 here today. Matter of fact, the, the Cardinals... Um, finished 16 to 19. They put up 19 points, right. and the Kansas City Chiefs finished 19 to 16, and they put up 19 points. Right. Both these teams won their game, even if that happens, 19 to 19, or an extra field goal, which I highly doubt. That's why they said it right at 41. That would be 41 points. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think this is going to be a little bit more low scoring uh, than we anticipate. And I think with the announcement that um, maybe Andy Reid hitting that, that the starters, the, the starters, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey could be getting more playing time here in week two and dusting the old dust off of the old training wheels and getting ready to get back into full swing. I think the public's going to hear that and run to the over. And I'm going to go ahead and fade that, and I'm going to take the under 41, just a little bit too high for me. And then I am also going to take the under 35 points in the Bengals and Washington game. Um, That also is just a little bit too high for me um, with these two teams playing. The Bengals were actually able to have a lot of success last week against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers only put up 14 points, and the Bengals actually won that game. So their defense is not the problem. I think that's what's going to be solid. And speaking of defense, oh, the Washington fucking football Mm -hmm. team is on the field tonight. Led by, actually, no, 
I don't even want to see Chase Young on the field. I want him bubble wrapped behind <laughs> the facility, watching the game from some remote location on a TV, so he has no chance of getting in that game. I don't want to see him in the preseason anymore. But the rest of that defense, I think, is absolutely electric, and I think that they have a terrific game tonight. I think this is going to be defense, 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 and Bengals versus the football team. Once again, I'm going to take the under 35, um, just so you know, so you have a little bit of extra trends back behind that under right now. Um, it, it's pretty dead even split, but this has kind of been the key number for those unders. 51% of the bets, 50% of the money. So this one's kind of a, yeah, one's a toss uh, a toss up here, but I, I definitely like it. And um, this this has moved up and there is some buyback in on that under. It opened at 33 and a half, ticked up to 35. I think it finishes right around that 33 mark, 32, 31, somewhere right in there. It might be a little bit of a sweat to start her out, but I think it's going to be fine. The defenses will bow up. So yeah. Those are my two best bets of the day. I like under in both games. Uh, if I was leaning one side or the other on a spread, if you absolutely need a spread play, if I was leaning one way or the other, I would say the football team at the minus five and a half. And then I also would say the Chiefs at the minus three, just because the Chiefs have shown time and time again that they can get it done with regardless of who is on the field. Yeah. And I don't know if Arizona's clicking on all cylinders okay. yet. I don't I'm know if they're clicking yet. Yeah, I'm staying away from those spreads. I hammered in yeah. both unders with you. Yeah. Uh, so I like those. I think that, yeah, I can't echo too much else for what you said. I, I think it stays under. I don't know if it's going to be a wagon this entire preseason, but uh, until it's not, I, uh, I'm i going to be keeping hammering these unders in here. I don't think, yeah. like that 35 nothing. that 35 nothing. the Patriots, I think, are an anomaly for that. And, uh, you know, these teams, you already went through what they did last week. Offensively, I think it's pretty similar, and uh, you know, defensively, it might be even better. So I, I am pretty—I don't want to say I'm pretty confident, but I, I, I'm fairly decently confident here that it's going to be under. Yeah, and also, I don't know how much you can buy into some of the line movement on these spreads. With the totals, it's—it's it's kind of a dead giveaway here or there. But these spreads yesterday, the Pats opened up at minus two and a half. Right. At closing. They were getting a point and a half. They were point and a half dogs. It had flipped. There was very minimal bet with very large amount of money on the Eagles minus one and a half after it flipped, and they got beat by 35 points. Right. They didn't even put up a field goal for crying out loud. So I don't know how much you can buy the steam and that action uh, on the spreads early here in the preseason. Once we get to the season, for sure, and we'll definitely key you guys in on that. But for now, man, I don't think that you can start running to the window with these overs. I think you got to play the trend. 15 and 3 is 15 and 3 for a reason. You might pepper in an over here or there. It's going to be a rough beat. You're going to say son of a bitch, but I'm heavy on both unders here today. Yep, I can't uh, can't add too much else on that. And then, hey, just while you sons of guns are here, why the hell not? I'm not going to break them down. I'm not going to tell you all the reason why, like we typically would. And, oh, hey, this ERA and this pitcher on sure. the road and these splits. You know, it is fun doing that. I miss that. I cannot wait to get back to my full betting analyst Same. role for you guys. I yeah, I mean, that's our love. That's what we do. So um, if you do want to check out all of these plays yourself, and there are a few differing ones from depending on where you look them, you can check them out on uh, the TalkingTheLine.com website. You can see both of our plays. 
You can also follow us on the Action app. I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at rmags in all caps. And then once we do get back to the regular betting show, uh, you can find all of our daily best bets from the pod uh, at Talking the Line. And then also we're working with another app we're about to tell you guys about here very, very shortly. Um, just tying up some loose ends and they are just about to uh, roll out some of their new features. And uh, we are going to be... One of the first beta testers sure, sure. of those beta testers, beta, beta testers of uh, <laughs> of this new app. So I am super excited. They actually have a uh, few prolific names ah. in the NBA. Sure, I won't tell you those names, but a couple of a couple of guys are on board here, and holy shit, I cannot wait to uh, be able to tell you guys about that. And it's a whole new way for you guys to connect with us and track our plays. So. MLB for me today, my friends. I got a pretty hefty load here. Uh, taking under 10.5 in the Twins Yanks. I'm right there with you uh, on that one. Taking minus 1.5 Braves over the Orioles. I don't have much faith in Keegan Aiken, regardless of what Max Fried comes out at do comes out and does. Give me that minus 1.5. Uh, it's been bouncing up and down all morning. Minus 130 to minus 150. I locked it in at minus 140. Give me all of that. They get that win easy. Um, Detroit, I'm taking on the run line against the Blue Jays. I just think everybody's going to be backing a lot of Robbie Ray, and I think we see just a little bit of a struggle bus session here to start the game and potentially even to close it for this bullpen. <laughs> the Blue Jays really haven't been that team that they need to be as evidence from their odds right now in the AL East. That all being said, taking Detroit first five run line plus one and a half. I got mm -hmm. a first five. I'm getting a run and a half. I was able to get that on FanDuel Sportsbook. Might have moved to the 0 0.5 now, but I got it at one and a half. Also taking the Tigers on the full game plus one and a half. That is at plus 120 uh, when I locked it in. So I like those two. Also very confused and per some key ratings that I see, uh, had this game rated out uh, six to two. Uh, in favor of the Los Angeles Angels over the Cleveland Indians. Okay. So I am getting wild on the uh, Angels because they are the underdogs, okay. my friends. Uh, I am taking Angels, first five run line, plus a half, minus 135. Angels, full game money line. And then with confidence, but only a half unit sprinkle, Los Angeles Angels, minus one and Sheesh, a half. All right, damn. Uh, plus 172 odds on that. All right. Away. So I just did a half unit on that, but I'm very confident on the first five and the full game money line. Okay. Uh, then I like half a unit on this one just because of the line movement that I saw. I'm a little bit worried with it. Uh, Red Sox versus Rangers. Chris Sale taking the mound. Then you got Dane Dunning taking the mound for yeah. the Rangers. Everybody and their dogs and me personally, first thing I thought, ah, Red Sox minus one and a half. No yeah. question. Saw some line movement, saw some shit, saw some other sharps that I really respect taking the uh, Rangers. So I'm not going to take their money line, but I'll take their uh, plus one and a half on the run line. That's at plus 135, okay. so you're still getting good odds. Put a half unit on that bad boy. White Sox money line, you're welcome. Love them here today against Tampa Bay. Michael Walker on the mound. I uh, told you my unders under 35, under 41 for the uh, two football games. And then wrapping up my MLB slate, I actually got six more for you. Uh, this one is actually all coming out of one game. Uh, the Mariners, just as much as I like the Angels, I think, I think the Astros came back uh, yesterday. And you can obviously fade me on this one if you want, but I love the Mariners here in this spot. The Astros to me are kind of falling apart at the seams, and I think Kikuchi has just enough for them. And I don't want to say by any means that McCullers struggles, but I think McCullers is going to be in for a rude awakening with some of these Seattle bats. So I got Seattle plus one and a half for the full game, minus 120. 
I also like their first five run line plus a half at plus 110. And then I put a little half unit sprinkle on their money line uh, just in case that uh, plus one and a half wasn't uh, wasn't good enough because you're not getting the plus money poly odds on that. So if they do pull off the dub, we got a little half unit sprinkle on there too. Uh, closing out my card, I like Oakland. Uh, first five plus a half uh, going. Uh, you got James Caprielian going up against Alex Wood. Alex Wood's kind of been uh, doing some bonehead things in the first five innings. And Caprielian in Oakland has been a fucking wagon yep. in the first five innings all year long. And then I'm a little concerned about this. Uh, honestly, this play for me is fading Blake Snell and less about backing Matt Moore or any of the Phillies pitchers for that opinion. Um, Not to mention the matter. Padres offense has been a little weak lately. They've been pretty doggone weak. So I'm going to side with the Phillies here. I think that the public perception and the books have this price pretty accurately for the public perception is going to be all on the pods, the fryers here today. So I'm going to take the Phillies another first five that I was able to find plus one and a half on FanDuel. You're getting plus one and a half minus 140. I'm going to so have to hop on that one with you. Typically, you get the minus 130, minus 140 uh, at for the half, and you're getting that at plus one and a half. So I like that for the first five. And then I like the full game, plus one and a half, full game run line. Um, I think that they get the outright victory, but uh, this one I, this one is more of a I'm fading Blake Snell, so I'm going to take the one and a half backing. So what a I card. Just, I know Goodness I just told gracious, you shit, man. but I got a card and a half here today. Um, <laughs> s- some of these that I really like. Um, so again, if you missed any of those, you can check them on the action app. Yep. You can go to talkingtheline.com. Uh, soon, new app as well that uh, if you don't use either one of those and maybe you live off in the woods somewhere. Well, if you live off in the woods somewhere and you don't have internet, I don't know how in the fuck you'd be watching right. this show. Right. So I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. That don't make no sense. Right. I've got, uh, I've only got three MLB plays Whoa. typically about this time after Whoa. we wrap up. <laughs> uh, when I get a second, I add some player props. That's my sweet spot for MLB. Uh, so I typically uh, will have at least one or two here in the afternoons. I do have my White Sox as well. Uh, you got to take that with a grain of salt, but my partner's on it, so that's usually a good sign mm-hmm. in my case uh, mm-hmm. against the Rays. They're heating, up. They're heating up a little bit. Took three out of four from the A's, getting everybody back. Luis Robert is heating the hell up. I had the, game, up. had the game rated 5-2 in White favor Sox. of the White okay. Sox. Okay. So I was going to take the one and a half, but it is a little too risky for me. Okay. So... Uh, so, yeah, I had that one. Uh, I had the same under Minnesota and the Yankees. I like that one a lot. And then I'm fading your Cubs here. Uh, first game of the day, Royals over the Cubs. Tight. Uh, I believe it's very close to a minus 105, minus 110 line. Yeah, 120. Cubs showed a little life this week, but uh, so did the Royals. So I, uh, I like yeah, them. they did. They, they might have they they flubbed yesterday, up yesterday. But other than that. But boy, oh boy, did they look good. And uh, yeah, you're hearing it from the number one Cubs fan of the Talking the Line Sports Media crew. Um, Mr. D- I, uh, I didn't look Davies. at his last spot. It's been bad. I don't know if he figured it out last one or not. No. So that was, uh, that, was that was a lot of it. Home run ball is a problem, and Kansas City has home run hitters. And oh, wouldn't you know? We just have some perfect air density in the Windy City today, and uh, wind happens to be blowing out at the federal landmark. Yeah. And this game's played at the federal landmark. They, uh, so <laughs> I was watching know? the White Sox game. They're like, maybe it was the White Sox game, maybe it was the Cubs, but someone their analysis was this is like hard hitting weather, and yeah. that's uh, that's the hard type of day we got here in the Windy City sure. once again. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Uh, hadn't been able to dish out anything on the pod for hey, a while. Hey, I like it. And hey, uh, John, you sparked all of it. Thanks to you uh, for uh, getting some plays out there to all the people. Now you guys got all types of value out there floating around. All right. That does it. You got our plays. You got our preseason week two predictions. You got the LA Rams full season preview. You missed any of it. That's why they make this a recordable thing. So sure you can is. just go back later and check it on out. But for now... 
Let's put a little bit of whipped cream on top of the proverbial Sunday that has been the Talking the Line podcast, episode number 107, with Mr. Ardmag Sidebar. So that being said, partner, what is burning on your brain, melting on your heart, festering on your soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode, the aforementioned episode 107 of the TTL pod on this beautiful Friday, August 20th, 2021. Alrighty, so... Mr. Matt Stafford, I ask you, career ends today. Is he a Hall of Famer? Fuck. I knew you'd ask me something like this. Maybe I'll, I'll give no. these and help you. No? Okay, so I think he helps himself. I think he would be 16th all-time total passing yards, 45,109, fourth on active. Has a solid year or healthy year, I should say. It doesn't matter how well he does. If he's healthy all year, he should move into the top 12, 16th in touchdowns with 282. Now, on the grand scheme of things, and some of these lists that are uh, folding out, that doesn't sound like a ton, but he's number 16 and he's fourth active. Another healthy season should move him to 12th, couple or three should get him in that top 10 range. The only person that is ahead of him on this uh, touchdown list, at least, that isn't a Hall of Famer or won't be is Carson Palmer at 294 touchdowns. So with the numbers, I think he is. I think you can chalk up all the lack of postseason appearances and success to him being on the Lions. And I think the guy is a Hall of Famer. Obviously, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, these numbers are inflated compared to a lot of NFL history. But I think he is. And now that he's on this team, I think, uh, you know, after another solid year or two, I think that's a definite yes. I, I can't agree. I can't disagree that it's on the fence. But I think with these numbers, I think he gets himself in. So, that is my exact reason as to why he will not. Um, at this point, it is not the Hall of Good. It is not the Hall of Great. It is not the Hall of Numbers. It is the Hall of Fame. It is not even the Hall of Really, Really, Really Damn Awesome. It is the Hall of Fame. Um, David, oh shit. Who's, who's the Hall of Fame director? Oh, uh, David Baker. David Baker. David Baker says that time and time and time again and they the have big to guy make, you're talking yeah. about yeah, yeah big and guy. they have to make those hard decisions and this you saw my face as soon as you asked me that mm-hmm. question it is a very hard decision now right now my answer is no but give me this season give me one playoff victory with the la rams give me some type of playoff success if they get to the super bowl and he looks like a complete different man, and these inflated numbers was because of what the Detroit Lions have been for the last decade. Yes. Yeah. He's a second ballot Hall of Famer. Not a first ballot, but if he can get to the top, or close to the top, even if he can sniff the mountaintop in the Super Bowl, then it's no doubt in my mind. He just has to get there, and with those inflated numbers, cool, but just because everybody knows your name... Doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. Sure. That's I, uh, just humble opinion. Now, <laughs> hey, I will never even, my face won't even ever be a thought in the bust maker's mind of the Hall of Fame in Canton. So I have no fucking leg to even stand on here. But that's my humble opinion. Okay. I think he, like you said, I don't think he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he ended today. I do think he would get in uh, because, like I said, I think he could chalk a lot of it up to. Uh, to the lions now one of my own personal criteria is if 
when my favorite team is going up against you, no matter how good you are or how bad your team is, not how good you are, how good your team is or how bad your team is, am I concerned about you changing this game? And the answer is kind of yes. Now, I will say at the very end of seasons, there was a lot of times where it was Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers won that game uh, or won that situation just about every time, if not every single time. But for, you know, the simple fact is he is a guy that you worry about, and I I put him in the category there. But if he wins the Super Bowl this year, gets to the Super Bowl, wins an MVP, I think he elevates to a first ballot Hall of Famer, sure. let alone get in at all. So. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we got windy as all hell yeah, here. We, we gave the plays. We gave everything. We got <laughs> shit to do. We got stuff to get through. Um, outside of that, make sure you visit the link tree in the description if you haven't already. Uh, check out the website. Pristine glistening. All types of content and stuff and rabbit holes you can find on there. Make sure you... If you miss any of them, uh, check out our Best Bets Action Network app, also on thetalkingtheline.com, and then a new update here for you shortly. Uh, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you guys and uh, just cannot tell you how much we just love you guys. I mean, you guys are just the shit giving us your time, your energy, your hard-earned time you share with us. So at the bare minimum, I got to pay it back a little bit to you guys, you know? So uh, we won't get out of here without a little bit of extra inspiration and motivation to get us all through the weekend. So it's time to put a cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday that is the TTL podcast with my motivation minutes. All right. uh, So closing out today, just wanted to give you guys a little something, something to think about uh, here as you go into the weekend. And I was actually, this is not actually where my thoughts were originally. And I stumbled upon this quote doing a little extra, um, research, if you will, this morning, as I was kind of building some thoughts and then everything kind of shifted to this. I want you guys to think about this as you go over your weekend and it's kind of a quote about the weekend, but then it also entails two parts and I'll break down those two parts here in a second. But the quote is, The only reason we ask other people how their weekend was is so we can tell them about our own weekends. For those of you that didn't hear that in the back, the only reason we ask other people how their weekend was is so we can tell them about our own weekend. Are you one of those people? I can't answer that question for you, but I'm sure you can answer it pretty readily. And maybe you're being truthful with yourself. Maybe you're not. But the first thing I wanted you guys to think about over the course of this weekend and interactions you go through and as you go into next week, are you actually saying things like that? Like, how, are you, how how's your weekend? How you doing? How is, how is the family? Right. Are you saying those things because you're supposed to? It's the nice thing to do. Is that why you're doing that? Or do you mean that from the bottom of your heart? When you look at somebody and ask them, how are you? Do you mean that? Or do you just have to say that because it would just be awkward if you didn't say anything or you didn't have anything to say at all? Now that's one thing I want you to think about. That's the first part. Think about what you're saying. Think about what others, or, or think about when you're asking something, Am I just doing this to do this? Am I just talking to talk? Or is what I'm saying actually worthwhile? And most specifically in those small little things, how are you? How was your weekend? How is the family? 
mean that. Don't just say that and turn off your ears. Because listening is an art form. And there's a very, very, very distinct difference between hearing and listening. And if you don't know the difference, you might be in the wrong category. Listening takes work. And if you're one of those people that just asks a question because you're supposed to and then turns off the ears, I hate to tell you, but you're on the wrong side of the fence. And I suggest you think about making a change. And the second part to this is the flip side of the coin. Not are you saying things or, or are you asking people, but when somebody asks you those things, when somebody asks you, how was your weekend? How do you view that? Do you just say good? Oh, great. When's the last, when's the last time you were in a, you, you were walking by somebody's, oh, how are you doing? Good. And that's it. Because it's the thing we're supposed to do. Do you know why I say spectacular every single time? Funny enough, it ain't because I'm fucking spectacular every single time. More often than not, I have to shape my lips to get spectacular out of my mouth most of the time. Most of the time, I'm not doing real spectacular. But you know what? It changes somebody's day. It makes somebody else think. And it lets somebody else know that, hey, I actually care about what I'm saying. And I actually care about if you have something back to say to me. So think about what you're saying. Get off autopilot. Shock somebody's world. Change their day. When you're standing in line for the cashier at Walgreens tomorrow, getting your early morning supplies for the weekend, whatever the case might be, and that cashier looks at you and says, hey, how you doing today? Instead of going, good, and into your phone or into your wallet, I'm doing spectacular. How are you today? Look them in the eyes. Care about them as another human being. We're humming beans on this floating rock that I already talked about this week. So maybe, just maybe, think about what you're saying. Think about listening. Think about what you're asking people. Are you asking people about their weekend just so you can tell them about yours? Are you asking people about their weekend because you truly care and want to know if there's anything or area that you could potentially help in? I'll let you be the answer and be the judge of that. I can't give you the answer to that. But one thing I can tell you is that this is a very severe problem in our society. And one of the only ways that we're going to start seeing things turn around and if you want to see things turn around in your small circle, get off autopilot. Start listening. And when somebody asks you, don't just say good because you're supposed to. Spectacular. Terrific. Use your own word. You don't have to use mine. Use your own word. Change their mind. Change their thought. Change their day. Mean what you say. Say what you mean. And listen. So I'll leave you with the quote once again. Let you go down some rabbit holes this weekend and Maybe come out on the other side in the next week an entirely new version of yourself. The only reason we ask other people how their weekend was is so we can tell them about our own weekend. What person do you find yourself being? And that does it for my Motivation Minutes of the Day.
Solid, my man. Good weekend lesson as you're about to socialize with a handful of people. Not only that, but don't be the guy uh, that's even... You could take it even further as far as some negative people. I can't tell how many cashiers I've walked through that say, just living the dream. And it's like, oh, you're clearly not living the dream, mm -hmm. guy. What's going on over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people have used those things, those positive words, and now turn them into a negative yeah. thing. In just living the dream. And you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you be the challenge to that. Maybe the next time a cashier says, just live in the dream. Really, man? What's going on? How are you? <laughs> yeah. Shock his fucking world. Yeah. Care about him as a human being for five seconds. Don't worry about everything that's going on in your world for 15 seconds. Maybe he just needed an ear. Maybe something just happened in his life. He don't have anybody he can talk to. And you just happen to be the person that said, let me hear. 15 seconds. Ain't going to kill you. And I promise you, when you utilize your time like that, it's not going to be seconds you're going to want back on your deathbed. I can promise you that. Yeah. So that officially does it, my friends. My motivation minutes of the day. We've kept you crazy folks here way too long, longer than we usually have. We got into picks. Old John razzing us up, trying to get us to give out picks to everybody, and we ended up doing it all, all of our full cards. So there's that. Uh, we just got all LA Rams season preview. We talked about Matt Stafford potentially being a Hall of Famer. Gave you my motivation minutes. We talked about the Talking the Line website. Everything in between. You know everything. There's nothing else I need to say here, and it's almost noon. It's time for lunch, ladies and gentlemen. So y'all go on and get, get ready for lunch. Get ready for a weekend. But first, let us send you on about your way the only way we know how. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL betters, anyone I may have left out, far and wide, from myself and Mags, thank you so much for choosing to stop by the TTL pod today. Thank you for all of your support and all of your following. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. And it means the world to us from the bottom of our hearts. In case you missed it, make sure you go check out our best bets of the day. Because at the end of the day, we are a daily sports gambling show. Even though we're doing NFL special editions, we're still cashing tickets. So please go check those out. So very soon you'll be able to uh, say some things with us shortly. But before we do that, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday unless you have any other plans, a terrific beginning to your weekend. We will see you back around the bend on Monday for episode number 108, the 19th NFL Special Edition, the Miami Ooh, Dolphins. Baby. I am on it today, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, thank you so much. Ooh, your shirt would have been perfect for, for Monday. Your oh, it would have. Anyways, maybe we'll pull it out again. Who knows? But... <laughs> probably not. I'm not gonna, probably not. <laughs> Either way, thank you guys so much again. Have a spectacular weekend. Unless you have any other plans, be sure to check out our best bets of the day so you too can say with us, let's cash some tickets. <laughs>